0: They in the table, but I'll always be the centerpiece. I'm spitting lessons to masses, but I'm no reverend. My imperfections include taking droid I my cerebellum. It's because you follow the rules. This is British Wrestling Spotlight on the IndyCorner.com. I'm Benno. And I'm Joe. And I'm JP. And we're back after a six week-ish absence, it wouldn't be us if if we didn't uh, disappear every now and then, we had our best of show at Christmas, I hope everyone checked that one out, and in the meantime we've had a a couple of episodes drop uh, into the Indie Corner feed, I did a a special progress here in The View with Suit Williams uh, that I'd recommend people check out as well, but this is the first British wrestling spotlight proper we've done uh, since 2017, so how's 2018 going for you guys, Uh, how's things? It's been a busy month, but uh, but
1: yeah, it's alright so far. Yeah, it feels like getting into the wrestling swing of things, if that makes any sense. So like, we- while, while real life is busy, it's just also like, oh
0: bloody hell yeah, we've got to do some travelling to some shows. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's not just that, is it though? It's like January, has been ridiculous with Wrestle oh. Kingdom, with Royal Rumble, with New Japan shows going on, with NXT, There's there's been a lot to, uh, to keep up with, hasn't there? Have you been uh, watching much of it?
1: All of it. All of it, yeah. <laughs> it all, never slows down. All of it. Pleasantly surprised by a lot of it, I'd have to say. Particularly the WWE content. Yeah, were you we, we a fan of the Rumble? Fan of the Rumble. That Raw 25 can get in the bin. Sorry to carry on from the last show we had. That was just truly awful. Um, but I did enjoy enjoyed both Rumbles. For different yeah. reasons. Yeah, very different reasons. Although if you told us a few years ago that Shinsuke Nakamura and the former canna would be winning... Um, Uh, the Royal Rumble you would just think it's the stuff of Madman's
2: dreams two Japanese winning the uh, Rumble I think WWE kind of ticked off their equality and diversity quotas for the year in one fell swoop on Rumble (laughs) night to be honest
0: so yeah I think if you told me that Nakamura was going to win the Rumble and I'd be like meh that would uh, surprise me a couple of years ago because as much as I think that AJ Styles match is going to be awesome this last year, Nakamura in WWE yeah. has just been so bland, and it's yeah. not just WWE's fault. I think a lot of it's him. He was all like always like that in New Japan as well, though, wasn't he? He'd go missing for for months at a time, and then like he will for WrestleMania, he'll surely step up for the big show. He's gone missing for about two years at this point, hasn't he? <laughs> he really has. Yeah, that's it, but yeah, some uh, some WWE, surprisingly, some good stuff, and obviously some great New Japan stuff that's been going on as well, but we're here to talk uh, British wrestling, so let's get right into it. We're going to catch up a little bit on uh, some of the things that we've missed. In the main, we're going to talk a lot of progress today, and also uh, a lot of Rev Pro, with maybe a a couple of news items uh, at the end of the show as well, but Mm -hmm. let's get right into it with progress. Um, I'm titling this as a January show, and this happened just before uh, January, but Joe, uh on our last show you mentioned that you're heading to a uh, unboxing live number two or at least you were trying to get a ticket to the unbox harder uh, titled event uh, mm. just quickly or briefly uh how was it uh, did it meet your expectations was it a pain in the arse getting tickets uh, uh, it, was a pain, was it was a pain there? in
2: the arse uh emmy you did ring crew at the last show actually managed to sort us out of a ticket so thank you to her um that was kind of at the last minute it was a pain in the arse getting tickets it was worth it for one match, which was one of the best matches I've ever seen live, which was Osprey versus Travis Banks, which was absolutely incredible. Possibly the best match in the history of progress. Uh, there's good competition for that spot, but just an unbelievable match live. Two guys with great chemistry. I've only seen them wrestle that one match in Fight Club Pro before at the DTTI tournament last year, which was good. But this kind of delivered at the next level, uh, sort of a level on from that match. Um, yeah, r- match of the year contender uh, like the day before the end annoying. of the year as well. Yeah, yeah
0: annoying as well because it came right after we'd uh, wrapped up our, our best of the year show. Yeah. Do you think it would have yeah. made the top of your list? It definitely. I definitely consider. I mean, I did some uh, did the ballot for the Voices of Wrestling top ten of the year and it was hard to leave it off that as well it was it's difficult isn't it there's always a recency bias there but yeah i'd put it up there with any of the the top progress matches from from last year
2: yeah i think um the uk last year as well it would easily make my top three um when i think about it like no no issue at all getting into that europe probably sort of top five as well so it was it was an unbelievable match i think it was possibly Travis Banks, best match I've ever seen, um, so uh, topped off a great year for him, and really what's been a really good title run in terms of match quality so far for mm-hmm. him, uh, maybe a few booking issues, which we're going to probably get into during the show, <laughs> um, but in terms of it just being two guys wrestling a match, it was unbelievable, and they got to do what they wanted to do, awesome. Osprey looks amazing. There's been a massive Osprey-shaped hole in those ballroom shows forever now, I think, and even though, you know, there was no explanation as to why he was back, I would have liked that. I would have liked something to kind of justify him being back, because I like logic, and I like consistent stories and all the rest of it, but Mm. Progress
0: don't seem to be into that anymore, Um, so (laughs) there was that. I think I... I think with Osprey I can kind of forgive it. I'm just glad he's back and he, he's delivering this level of match. Um,
2: oh yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: I think I think part of it as well though. I mean, just briefly again this Match that we we're talking about as a progress match of the year, and you probably would have known it going in. You put Travis Banks against Will Osprey, then it's it's gonna be awesome. It went on second to last um, on the day. I was following it along on Twitter, and I was kind of perplexed by the decision. Um, it got a Osprey reappearing in progress, got a really big response on Twitter, and when I finally saw the VOD, uh, he got a great response in the room as well. He's someone Jim Smallman has talked about as being a, a first ballot a Hall of Famer progress as well but his return is uh, not as important as, as jack Gallagher coming back and being in the main event 205 uh, live mate it's the
2: status that 205 <laughs> live gives you when you know enzo amore is not there and it's 20th in the rankings on the prestigious wwe network with millions of viewers <laughs> week after week the man that was formerly in progress who now resides in wwe on a full-time basis he's far more important than some guy who wrestles in front of people in japan so what 10,000 subscribers in the UK so you know I don't know I don't even know how you can question that booking decision
1: to be honest there Benno. <laughs> what did you make of it JP? I thought it was unbelievable and I thought actually one of the interesting things when watching the matches, like these were the two guys that when we did the um, end of year roundtable that these were the two guys we were kind of almost split on between, between, the, between us three and, and Martin Bushby on Osprey pretty much Osprey, or Banks. It kind of mm. worked out either way. And so it didn't really surprise. But like you, I was bothered by the fact he just sort of turned up, having seen him had the lo- Loser Leaves Town match. Um, Stip against Jimmy Havoc, I was a bit like, hmm. But then again, I'm like you in the sense, Benno, that I'm just glad to see him back. Mm. And considering the form he's on as well, um, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see where what happens over 2018 because... You get this feeling that he's being groomed for that heavyweight push in New Japan, how that's going to affect bookings going on as well. But we're talking probably more right towards the end of 2018 yeah, than at this see stage. I being for at least a year Yeah, It think would be a year, a- but
0: the movement for that will start.
2: Yeah, yeah, isn't it, though,
0: as well as Ring of Honor contract is up, uh, I don't think there's much left on his New Japan contract, hopefully re-ups, I mean, selfishly, I'd rather see him, Um, thankfully being able to work progress again now that he apparently is not with Ring of Honor, um, and being able to do New Japan shows, this is the Will Ospreay I'd rather see, Um, yeah. But it is a question, isn't it, whether he whether he does stick around on the scene?
2: Oh, well, I've heard him say before that he's not really interested in WWE at the moment. It's interesting when you hear him talk about wrestling and he clearly loves wrestling and I've seen him at shows going mad before when he's watching. You never mm. really hear him talk about WWE. You never re- really hear him talking about WWE matches, WWE wrestlers that he's really into. I think his heart is at the kind of independent, uh, sort of more mm. niche level, if anything, as well. So I'm hoping he kind of sees that where the landscape is, realises that he wants to do what he wants to do and sticks with New Japan for a while. He gets to be he him. He
0: yeah. can see what they do with Ricochet, can't he? He can let Ricochet go in there and be the uh, be the canary there and see if he, <laughs> see how Ricochet's career on potentially 205 Live and doing the WWE circuit goes. I think uh, that'll be a good uh, barometer it? For, for Will to uh, to see what his uh, fortune would be if he ended up in WWE.
2: Well, if he did go the 205 Live route, he might get to main event and unboxing show so the jokes on osprey
0: hey it was a wwe uk title match and that's far more important than the promotion oh, title, tell me so. about it oh I wait <laughs> any-
2: you know overshadow your own title that you've built up as this really important title and really credible title over the years over this title that kind of is i don't know stuck in
0: limbo in some way and doesn't really have a home but hey and any other highlights from the show joe or any from ujp from seeing it
2: uh, it was a really good show, um, for the most part. I, I enjoyed it from a live experience. I didn't love that 10-man tag. I loved the promo at the beginning, um, but then it just became a bit indulgent and a bit confusing at times. Um, but hey, I am not. I don't like fun, obviously. Um, so it <laughs> <laughs> wasn't one for me. Um Love all the guys in there. But, yeah, the rules of it just confused me a little bit and just seemed a bit overly contrived. But it was a show that was built around kind of having fun, I suppose. So I can yeah. sort of understand the purpose of it. It's kind of what
0: unboxing is, isn't it? It um, is,
1: yeah. And it's kind of what it should be as well. In a way, if it is if it is a case of, like, you're kind of checking your the logical part of your brain at the door almost when you walk in and it's just like, we're going to have fun. But there's also some worrying aspects of the leaving the logical part of your brain checked in the door uh, future shows, but anyway, what I digress you,
0: JP, what did you make of the, uh, the Fight Club progress uh, takeover on this particular show? It seemed to be very heavy there with Mackenzie oh, McKenzie winning the women's six way and, yeah. uh, we had Jimmy Havoc and Mark Haskins taking on Clint Marger and Drew, Drew Parker Drew I Parker mean, as well One point I'd make from, you know, we've been to a lot of ourselves, been to a lot of Fight Club pro shows lately, yeah. um, it was surprising at least to me, the, the level of that these guys got a progress i always see the two companies as having distinct fan bases but i don't think that's particularly true anymore is it i think uh, there's a lot of crossover there yeah
2: there's a huge amount of crossover i think isn't there fight club pro crowd i think has changed somewhat and has become more
1: progressy to a certain extent yeah there is i mean there's there's a kind of there's always going to be this contingent of very hardcore fans who are going to make the the trips to both and a kind of well aware and and I'm very adept with with what's going on. I mean, you don't. Uh, I was going to say with um, with the show on the whole. I mean, I kind of uh, the, and it's going to sound really terrible to say this. When seeing Clint Margera and Drew Parker in the match that they were in, it kind of reminded me of seeing New Jack in TNA. Because it wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the New Jack you kind of expected it to be. It felt like very much a slightly tamed down version. It, Was it anything like seeing
0: Sabu in Bootle? Was it kind it's, of the same thing? Nothing can ever
1: be like seeing Sabu in <laughs> Bootle, other than seeing Sabu in a pub in Bootle. That would That's- be. That would be the piece de resistance
0: <clears throat> some next level stuff <laughs> um so yeah that was a uh, closed the uh, december for progress but i suppose it, it came out on vo do in january so we counts in our january progress recap the next uh, chapter show proper though the three of us all got there uh, chapter 61 don't touch me don't touch me at the o2 academy in birmingham uh, like i say we were all all three of us there and i had a, a good time these birmingham shows of i think it's always Win progress travel. Um, They do the best to give you the legit progress experience, but I don't think anything ever comes. Close to to how progress is presented in in Camden at uh, the Electric Ballroom. I don't know if part of that is mentally on the part of the promotion that being their home base, then maybe they, they give a little bit more, or yeah. maybe it's just the fact that the Electric Ballroom such a such a great venue um, for wrestling, and, and it is the home of the promotion that works. But they've been working over this last year to uh, to make Birmingham a, a third home of of the four that they've mm-hmm. got now um they debuted there this time last year it was the the weekend of the wwe uk uh tournament if you if you remember rightly it was when they got uh, pete yes. Dorn and tyler Bate and Trent seven pulled off the show uh because they were going to wwe and all three of us again made the trip out then to, to that show in mm-hmm. birmingham I, I remember at the time being very very loyal to progress and saying no i'm not going to spend my money on this wwe stuff i'm gonna i'm gonna go and see progress uh, how times have changed hey eh? uh, <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of this as a, as a third visit to, to Birmingham? We didn't get a, a Finn Balor, but we got some interesting matches uh, there, JP.
1: We did. Um, there was some. I mean, there were some very obvious highlights from it as well. One in particular, Trent Seven's promo at the start of the match with the Grizzle Young Young Veterans, with um, speaking to Triple H on the phone. That was, for anyone who hasn't seen that, watch it on the On Demand. It's it's absolutely tremendous and kind mm. of still cements the feeling that we all have is that Trent Seven needs to be doing stand-up. He really does because he, he just absolutely had it down, especially with the Stay Cerebral line. Um, was surprised by, I mean, the Joseph Connors-Pete Dunn match, which I will say, if... The, and this might be the only way of salvaging Joseph Connors for me really, because I found within the match when he when he was on offense, I was bored um but when he came out with the everyone welcome t- shirt and I kind of thought when he was trolling the fans, I thought I-, I like this this you could take this in this really interesting direction, which kind of would be very challenging for some people to be able to take, but I, I, I think you could do that with him, with him trolling the fans. But um, yeah, at the same time, he, he it's still a charisma vacuum for the most part. Um, yeah, the-
0: a particular idea, didn't you, Joe, for a, for a gimmick he to do with Joseph yeah.
1: Connors? Oh, yeah. The ironic
2: progress-type gimmick where he essentially turns up, you know, shouting that he's here, he's here, everyone's welcome here and all the rest of it. And, I don't know, he, he talks about how he's the number one ultra and he's wanted to be in progress for so long and all the rest of it. <laughs> and maybe just rips on stuff. So maybe you could get a shot of Joseph Connors um, riffing on the Progress fan group where, I don't know, he's so like elated that he's wearing a progress shirt in a particular location that i don't know maybe he goes and takes a shit and he takes a picture of himself taking a shit in his everyone welcome progress shirt
0: because you know people
2: love to go to places and be like oh, i've got my progress shirt on and in the I'm sign a- says
0: tk on him Oh yeah.
2: my God, peak progress fan group right there. Um, I avoid that fan group, but that one, uh, someone I think two or three people linked me to that one.
0: Um, <laughs> you, you could make some money with that gimmick, couldn't you? You could make him really an admin on the, on the forum and have him um, put pull rank there and uh, and take over as admin delete posts cause all cause all kinds of flame wars i think that it's the type of gimmick gabe sapolsky probably the oh i was thinking thousands. of the
2: ring of honor czw feud where they did all of the didn't uh some ring of honor guys start trolling on the czw forum or something yeah. if i remember rightly and all the rest of it ah, i was and the ring of honor forum closed down for a day as a result of a czw <laughs> attack great stuff Um, But there's such potential there. I just don't think that those running progress have the humility to um, yeah, (laughs) riff on their own branding and to basically expose how ridiculous referring to a group of fans called ultras when they're about as far away from what ultras are um, as possible. I don't think they'd be able to they'd be able to do it to be honest with you I'd love it if they did um prove us wrong go on Briley I dare you <laughs>
0: see Callum Leslie wouldn't be the number one heel on the uh, on the fan group anymore or, or or those guys so yeah maybe they couldn't do it for that reason oh, I think uh, he's the number
2: one suck up isn't he if anything <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Frogcast>. <laughs> leaving that one in
1: um, it's nice to see that we've started off the new year very different how we ended <laughs> 2017
0: as far as the match itself yes. went, and uh, Joseph Connors, uh, did he make any? Did he change either of your minds? No. at all. He worked they, 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 hard. He worked hard. It's just, it, it. They gave it everything, didn't they? They it was, did. It was dives from the start, weapons, mic time. He was given everything, wasn't he? Yeah. All of the bells and whistles, but yeah, it, it. It was. It was probably the best Connors showing in progress but yep. I don't know I, I wonder how many other people you could slot into that role and if you give them that amount of of bells and whistles and that amount of gimmicks we've, uh...
1: we've said it once we'll say it again if you put Jordan Devlin in that role how much different oh, yeah. would that have been yeah. and I know we're mm-hmm. we're Beating the, the the drum on this one, um, it's it, it for me. Oh, it man. comes into the idea of like the character itself. Put Josh Bodeb
2: in that role. There's a man who is just he gets heat whenever he's brought up on that progress fan group. Let him turn up and do the everyone welcome gimmick. He'd be do a far better job than Connor's could do with it, and the matches would be much better as well. And he'd get mm. more legitimate heat because people would be like, "Fuck this guy," rather than Ugh, you, you said team him with Sebastian. And bring them in. Ah, oh, Bodem and Bodum and Sebastian as the trolls would be
1: the best <laughs> tag team. God, it would. Be, there, there was um, some other stuff that was notable from the show: the debut of Adam Brooks mm. against against Will Ospreay, and it, it was a, a good performance. Um, not, uh, you know, it, again, it's going to take a little bit more time in terms of getting Brooks over a bit more, but it kind of set him up as being someone who's going to be in the the promotion from from now on Osprey really wanted to get him over as well he did he He was bumping in a big way he was giving him a lot of offence
2: I've got to be honest I'm not sold on Brooks I've seen him a few times now he's not done a
1: lot for me so far Um, he's going to be very much giving it time mm. isn't it and seeing where particularly in terms of the character as well and there was stuff that, that when we talk about Rev Pro as well where where he appeared there, and, and there's the the kind of starting of a of a small, yeah. and I imagine he's going to be crucial for when they go to Australia as well. Yeah, true. On a superficial level, one of the things
2: I find is this is really harsh. I find he looks like he's straight out of the. 2006 x division he's just turning up for the kevin nash challenge um (laughs) like he just he looks a bit like chris sabin
0: (laughs) yeah and
2: like his attire his hair like i'm watching him thinking oh is sunjay duck gonna be turning up next and (laughs) i I don't know that's really stupid on my part it shouldn't put me off someone
0: but yeah it's just not not done a lot for me so far what do you think of the character stuff he was going very hard here on on being the heel the spitting and the low blows and the it did feel like progress were trying to get him over as a character although like you've just mentioned it's a bit odd that it seems like they're going to be doing something with him in osprey in progress but they're all the same things happening in rev pro as well i guess we'll get a maybe a side-by-side comparison of uh the presentation of Brooks there Um well, Brooks promotions. was in
2: Rev... Uh, I saw him at the cockpit yesterday, um, and it looks like they're setting up a few matches going forward. It looks like a match of Mark Andrews, looks like a match of Osprey. Mm. Um, so I think there's a few options that they've got for matches with him. It looks like he's going to get involved in the Cruiserweight
1: stuff as well at some point. So there's a few different routes they're taking with him at the moment. As a person, I mean, as a, as a preference, for what I'd like to see with him going forward for the next couple of months... I think it's more establishing that he's able to have good matches and that he has hmm. good matches first and not try to jump the gun on the on trying to portray the character in a certain way. I think there's still that element of establishment that needs to happen. And if they can if if both Rev Pro and Progress can do that, I think they're going to be able to get some real value value out of him. Um, it's, it's still, I mean, it's going to be interesting. We're going to see Jonah Rock coming over, I, I believe, this month, isn't it? That, that he's over as well. And I think, is it Robbie Eagles? Is that the, the, another another Australian wrestler mm-hmm. who's, who I think is planning to come over in, in the near future as well? The, it's, it's going to be, um, you know, the, the levels of talent coming out of Australia at this point, And we've seen it with, with Aussie Open in the flesh this year and tony storm it, it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting time and i think it's interesting progress going to do the shows in australia as well and how well those do because obviously we've got the new japan tour coming up in australia as well so that's mm-hmm. that's going to
0: be absolutely fascinating Absolutely. Um, speaking of uh, people from that region Then the the main event on, on the show uh, We definitely can't leave without talking That Travis Banks and oh. uh, Chris Brooks um, Chris Brooks is for me still an Unproven commodity as a singles wrestler This was as strong a match as, as I've seen from him although there was A lot a lot of story Involved here as well I don't know about you two do you buy him as a singles act in progress And what do you think of the the Move to uh maybe more story-based stuff with Travis Banks' title run now, uh, rather than the straight singles matches uh, we'd been getting at the latter half of last year.
1: They are on to a good thing with just Travis having killer matches. I think they should be, in a way, when they start to introduce some of the story stuff, there's a tendency to kind of make him look quite weak at points, and and, and that's not fault of yeah. his own, but it, it makes him look like he, he's kind of falling for whatever either Chris Brooks or TK Cooper are saying and you, it feels it makes him look vulnerable in a way that you, your champion shouldn't um, mm. I like the idea of the you know once twice a month you get that killer Travis Banks match and that would be for me that would be fine and you're kind of building him up as this like you're going to have to be amazing to beat him for me that's a much simpler story and it's a much easier story for everyone to buy into plus also you want to go back and see those matches that you haven't seen by introducing this story element, and when we get on to um, the latest Ballroom show, it feels like there's a lot of this that's being rushed, mm. and it's it's too much, too soon, and it needs to settle down.
2: Yeah, it feels to me like they've done two singles matches that, uh, the Brooks, when I sort of get, they could have waited maybe a little bit longer, mm. but they've done two singles matches to get to a triple threat match. Like, that doesn't make a lot from my point of view It doesn't make any sense like I don't care about a triple threat match between these three guys I did care about a Travis Banks TK Cooper feud but I couldn't care less about that feud now because I feel like that's been thrown out a little bit um regarding the Brooks Banks match I think I will want to see Brooks as a single yeah. eventually I think um he's definitely more comfortable in multi-man um mm-hmm. But I do think he has improved most definitely as a singles wrestler. Um, like this was a fine match, I thought. I didn't yeah. think it was uh, one of the better Travis Banks matches during his reign, or it wouldn't be a Travis Banks match that I would revisit if I wanted to watch. You know, rewatch a great match or whatever. Um, but at the same time, I think I think Brooks will get there. Um, I just think he needs. It's kind of like. An identity thing, because Lycos is out injured, so he's doing more singles. But it seems like as soon as Lycos is ready to go again, his kind of main um, focus is the CCK stuff and the tag team stuff. And it seems to be that for the foreseeable future, which is fine, because they're a great tag team and they're a great brand as well within yeah. British wrestling. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of a strange place for Brooks at the moment. Cause he's got the Fight Club Pro belt as well. But you know that's kind of often forgotten because they don't do a lot with him as a singles champion. Yeah. So it seems like he's got one foot in singles, or half a foot in singles, and one and a half feet in tag team wrestling. God, that was very partridge.
0: <laughs> uh, anything else from the uh, the show? Jump out to you guys from being there live. Um, I thought. I mean, Parker got Parker beating
1: Chris Ridgway. Seemed like it was a real <laughs> shock to us at the time. We were thinking, oh, okay. I think Chris Ridgway is going to win the natural progression. So yes. they thought, right, we can give Drew Parker
2: a win at this point because Ridgway is going to go on and he's going to get some bigger wins from this point onwards, or he's at least going to go to the final of a natural progression, I reckon. So, yeah. yeah. Um, <sighs> it's very WWE, isn't it, a booking like yeah. that? Oh, the surprise guy's there. The surprise guys got to go over, Had a bit of that sort of feel to it. And I don't love that sort of booking. I sort of get it, but at the same time, yeah, it's Drew Parker on Chris Ridgway's level. To me, I see the two of them together and I think Ridgway looks like he could kind of within the next six months be challenging for the progress mm. title and be in the main event scene as kind of an upper mid card whereas Drew Parker seems like a real under, underdog baby face and you want to mm. kind of play that underdog mm. baby face roll up a little bit more and giving him a win over someone like a Ridgeway,
1: it seemed too early to me. It didn't seem like the right route to go down with him. I would like to add on one other thing as well which was Eddie Dennis's promo at the start mm. um, where he was referencing... How Mark Andrews at previous chapters had chosen different opponents. That was was excellent, and 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 again, there's a real consistency of character about about Eddie Dennis at the moment. And Mm. this goes for both Rev Pro and Progress. And this is the real credit to him. And it's unfortunate he's got a slight injury at the moment. Hopefully, he won't be out for too long, and he'll be and he'll be back in. Um, But when he was saying it, he was that classic. And I bang the drum about this: the idea of of the heel being justified in how, in how they feel, ultimately. It kind of, it's, it's that part of the character where you look at them and go, well, just, they kind of got a point by saying this, rather than um, him sort of just deciding all of a sudden he hates Andrews. There were reasons for him to dislike Andrews.
0: I I would say I think this is a feud that has definitely benefited from the fact that Eddie Dennis can't wrestle. Yes. Because just look at what we were just saying then about uh, TK Cooper and Travis Banks. For me, it feels far... And we're going to get into the next show in a moment. But it felt far too early to put those two together in a singles match. Absolutely. That felt like something you build over an amount of time. And I wonder, if Dennis hadn't got injured, would the temptation have been to have done that match already? Yeah. or if there hadn't been the snow issue in Sheffield I just think it's it's probably for the best isn't it it's it's being built really really well yeah. and hopefully we're going to get it the right way we're going to get it at a big show but be it the the big show coming up in manchester at victoria warehouse yeah um or maybe another big show further along the, down the line but I, i'd rather it, it went this way i mean i'm not always a big fan of talkie segments in progress but like you say eddie dennis is so good mark andrews is so believable as the yes. downtrodden former friend who doesn't want to fight his, his ex-best friend yeah um, i want to see this go on and i want to see them continue to build it
2: Yeah, I think Dennis is the most compelling character maybe in British wrestling at the moment. Mm. He's certainly um, doing a lot for myself. Um, And it's the consistency of the character as well here. Um, Not just with Dennis, but with Andrews as well. Long-storied history in the promotion. The kind of Dennis going over all of those previous shows as well and the research and the kind of history behind it. There was depth to it, which is great as well. Because with the, the Travis TK feud... just feels like there's a lack of depth to it because it feels so rushed, whereas this, it feels like there's an actual depth. It feels like there is something that's been eaten away at Eddie Dennis and it seems reasonable and everything that he does is kind of justified when he says it, but Mark Andrews has got this kind of innocent quality to him where he's just maybe a bit naive as well mm. and it just seems to be like it's that slight extension of both of their personalities as well which is always what rings about the best in guys i think mm. eddie dennis oh, oh. there's a there's a little bit of jimmy havoc to him like from a few years ago i think as well which is the character i've really missed in progress for the longest time oh i,
1: I, I one oh sorry sorry ben you first i
0: was just gonna say just just to pick up on that point on the, the tk cooper travis banks shoot, i would say that i know it's it's Again, it's not on proper chapters. This is the problem. But the YouTube videos they've been doing with TK Cooper, I don't know if you've seen them, where he have been sitting down and talking about being out and hidden at the, the cck travis but you know that he doesn't blame travis banks it's cck that's in the way i think they I think there are layers there i just don't know if we're seeing it in the right place i think it being on the youtube and his extra bonus content on, on the progress channel um it's maybe just not out in front yet but maybe it will come out if we do get that tk cooper 10
2: i was yeah. completely unaware of that if i'm honest with you so uh apologies <laughs> for
1: not coming across that I was also uh, going to say, actually, going back, funny enough, to Eddie Dennis, Mark Andrews, um, one of the things I could see them possibly doing is, is just a big trilogy. One at the, um, in Manchester, the big show in Manchester, one possibly at Super Strong Star Weekend, and then building up to a climactic match between the two at Wembley. I'm wondering mm-hmm. whether or not, because it's very unlikely they're going to be able to hold off with this match for, until Wembley, as great as that would be.
0: I love that. That's a bit um, too new Japan, I think, for their tastes. That, that's a question I've asked this Wembley show coming up. I mean, progress. Mm. You would think they'd be setting seeds now if they if they want to fill that place and want to do yeah. it properly. This is when you start setting up those feuds, isn't it? This is when you start setting up what you're going to be doing. Um, I just don't know if if that's the with them having so many shows, whether that's in them unless they get a a, a problem like with this with uh with with an injury with the Mark Andrews and Eddie Dennis situation.
1: Yeah, they could do that, or they could just get a loan of some WWE guys and just <laughs> throw them in instead.
0: Yeah, that's... The, uh, to, we, shall we, shall we, to, we've fantasy booked on this show, ICW versus Progress. How about this, guys? 205 Live versus Progress. That'll fill the place, surely. Hey,
2: 205 Live can draw 1,400 in Poughkeepsie, it could sure as hell draw 10,000 in London. I agree. <laughs> if NXT can draw 10,000 in London, then 205 Live... Can up that because it's main
1: roster, mate. Should be running Wembley <laughs> Stadium, not the SSE Arena, shouldn't they? Two I yeah. five
0: <laughs> <laughs> The third chapter show that we're going to talk about hmm. today, Chapter sixty-two, Fear No More, come to dust, took place at the Electro Ballroom on the twenty-eighth. Uh, this is one that's only just dropped on, on VOD. There's been much talk about it. It's main event. Um, Joe, you've uh, you've had the chance to sit down and see this thing all the way through. Uh, what did you make of it as a as a progress show, um, and what did you make of that main event? Um,
2: the main event, I I think I was in the wrong mood when I watched it. I'm going to have to watch it back because everyone I've spoken to has spoken about how great a main event it was. I can definitely appreciate things about it, uh, especially the intensity and the way the ballroom was kind of enraptured. The atmosphere was very different to um, usual kind of progress high-level matches. I think maybe when I'm in a better mood, I wasn't in a bad mood, but maybe when I'm a bit more awake, I should go uh, back and yeah. re-watch d- it. To be honest, I, d- I watched it last night, quite late, when I got in from the cockpit, and I was mm. watching it just so I could talk about
0: on here, and I probably <laughs> maybe should have just waited until I was a bit more awake. I think with me, I mean, I watched this one, uh, I watched it on lunch in work today, another strange place to watch it, and I was kind of almost jumping around in the, uh, the canteen in work watching it. <laughs> uh, I loved it. I mean, they're just too men. Uh, it's kind of, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it, that the that Tim Thatcher's kind of, he's benefited from Axel Dieter uh, leaving and going to WWE. I, I didn't think that Thatcher was a, a great fit for progress, especially for the Atlas division. Uh, I didn't really see him as this, you know, 205 heavyweight, but he... Uh, In this match, at least, I thought he was a great baby face. I thought just from the the start of the match with him not going for the handshake and getting slapped by Walter, his his facial expressions, I thought I I found Mm -hmm. it really engrossing, kind of rooting for Tim Thatcher. Um, But uh, I'm guessing it didn't quite translate for you, Joe. I, like I said, I think I think I just need to watch it again. I,
2: I was, you know, when you're just kind of zoning out at mm-hmm. points when you're watching something that you've got to concentrate on, and you know you're not in the right frame of mind to be watching it. I was mm-hmm. kind of getting that from it, um, so I should probably I'm probably not the best person to comment on it. The rest of the show I, I managed to watch um, when I was a bit a bit fresher let's say a bit more awake um but it was one of those where i was just trying to fit it in so yeah i'm not i'm not the best person to make comment the only- at this point i don't think
0: I mean the only negative I would probably mm. say is sometimes with these kind of matches the when it's a hard striking match you, you get all these five-star reports coming from the from the people in the building and I'm not always sure whether it, it translates on VOD mm. but I'd probably go the opposite way and I'd recommend people check it out and maybe to, to give it another go because it was I mean it is one of those matches where I would say you do have to be in a mood for, for realism I did kind yeah, of I'm look at it I'm a big fan
2: of that style as well and I'm a mm. uh, Huge, I'm a huge fan of, like, sort of 90s All Japan stuff, which I know is Walter's kind of biggest influence, like the King's Road sort of stuff. So I, I just think it was, like I said, I just think it was my mood at the time.
1: I plan on watching this tonight. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see after all of the conversation we've had about about exactly how I'm going to be feeling about it myself. I mean, I would say that it, I never thought I'd see the day when, when Timothy Thatcher matches would be things that I would openly look forward to. And that sounds horrible (laughs) to say, but I have on more than one occasion found myself nodding off, watching him in, in evolve. I think Um,
0: this is, this is the match to send people around. I think it's the, the selling of them is kind of what, what drew me in here. They did a lot of stuff around, um, Walter uh, basically chopping the shit out of Thatcher and there came a point where they did the, the ring post spot that you've seen a million times where one guy gets out the way and, and Walter uh, chops the, the uh, chops the side of the ring, the ring post. Um, I've seen You've probably seen Roderick Strong, I think it was probably the first person I've seen do that 12 years ago. And now you see see that in pretty much every indie show. But there was something about it here that really worked. I think it is that, as Joe touched on there, the, the realism of the style, the fact that it then it, it, it plays into the match. It plays into Walter, you know, not, not using the hand... As much as he can, but also like a UFC fighter, you know, sometimes I think wrestling selling can be quite hokey. And if someone's got a hand injury or a leg injury, the walking round like that particular body part is falling off. Whereas here, uh Volta was you still using that body part, still using it for, for certain things, although you know, you have a feeling that it that it may well come and cost them at the end. It was just I thought a, a really different match i think it definitely gave uh, the best account of, of tim thatcher that i've seen and mm. i just thought it told a, a really good story where essentially it was thatcher trying to get the the win by by going after this injured hand and arm of walter and it and it just not working in the end with, with walter which has been so powerful and strong there so yeah it's definitely one that i'd recommend the listeners check out and one for you to check out there jp as well mm-hmm definitely um as far as the rest of the show goes then joe uh, did anything uh, stick out to you as a as a talking point or as as things you particularly enjoyed on the show
2: um yeah there was some interesting stuff on the show um good to see ridgeway and good to see amari back in there amari's an interesting one because obviously um i've not seen him a lot outside of fight club pro um where i thought amari was great last year but A couple of times recently I've seen him where he's not working, say, as the underdog. And it's kind of interesting seeing him work as kind of an equal, because I don't think it necessarily is his strength at this point in time. It seems like he's got a way to go, whereas it seems he gets more naturally over with kind of like quite sort of likeable baby face charisma when he is working from underneath so I didn't think this match necessarily worked to his strengths I thought the match with Ridgeway was decent but I thought came out of the thinking Ridgeway looked like the better guy to be honest here and looked like the more logical choice to go through to the next round um, so that was an interesting one
0: I think I mean on that, that note I mean with Ridgeway I think it he's kind of doing the same gimmick that, that Damon Moser did except he's much more convincing than Damon <laughs> Moser yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. not a big fan of the, the black belt in being hard as fuck, um, the slogan that he's got going for him.
2: Yeah. I don't, it's I don't it's very like, progress, isn't it, that? I,
0: I think he fits in progress, so he fits in perfectly... Definitely. As he is, he's ready me, ready to go. I think that was a good <coughs> difference between him and Drew Parker on the previous show we just talked about and him and Omari here. Because I think Omari's got the higher upsides, but I think Ridgway is kind of ready to go now. I think Omari's someone who it doesn't look like progress have got big plans for, whereas Ridgway, I think it seems seems obvious, doesn't it, that they, they've they got big plans for Ridgway going forward.
1: I wonder if they're going to be building to, I mean, we we've, we were all saying um, before the show that we kind of, Thinking that Ridgeway might go ahead and end up winning the natural progression series. I wonder if it'll build up to a Ridgeway Mark Davis final um, be- between the two for whoever it becomes. But I mean, uh, hopefully, I'd like to see this lead to towards the end of the year, not at this point, but Ridgway versus Travis Banks.
2: I could Banks even see contract. it early. I could even see them having a series of matches. They've, they look like they'd be quite a natural fit together. Mm, mm. And they look like two guys who I could see him putting together in sort of a series. He go Ridgeway goes close first time round, earns himself another shot at some point. Progress like to do that a lot with kind of underdog challenges as well, don't they? Where they lose the first match mm. and then they come back for a second title match as well. It's kind of a formula they've used a lot. And he seems like someone you could do for that. And he also seems like someone, if I'm honest, you could throw in as a kind of underdog, Um, on a random show where you need a title match or you need something for Travis Banks on a show he's kind of there at the point I think you would have a decent match with him right now if I'm honest with you mm. um, so I, I wouldn't mind seeing that necessarily um, in terms of other stuff on the show as well um, there was the freeway where Trent Seven did some fantastic comedy
0: yeah. um, where, which was making me laugh um, this was uh, Trent with Chris Brooks and Zack Saber where he was, attempt- it was the, the, the thing about this show is it's the night of the rumble isn't it so he's wanting to uh, he's pointing at the rumble sign and he's wanting to, to get out of there as, as quick as he can because <laughs> he thinks he might be number seven in the Royal Rumble. I did enjoy that stuff myself as yeah, well. He,
2: he's yeah, he's comedy gold. Like I'll give him his due. I thought the match as a whole was a bit weird because Zach won and then Brooks has got a title match of the next show, but he lost a title match on the show before. So surely you want to justify him having another title match by having him win here? So I'm not sure what logic dictates when it comes to him getting another title match without winning a match between title matches. But hey-ho, this is the progress WWE-inspired booking world that we now live in. Um, Then another thought I had as well was Eddie Dennis. Good continuation of the Eddie Dennis storyline with Mark Andrews picking Danny Jones as his partner against Havoc and Haskins I thought the match was kind of window dressing for Eddie Dennis if anything he was on commentary one comment I will make is the sound and the sort of mic levels weren't great when Eddie Dennis was doing commentary because I couldn't really hear what he was saying
0: Um, I thought that was just my copy but yeah there was a lot of uh, sorry my my copy I do not pirate progress shows I did watch it on (laughs) on demand progress Uh, I did generally it's just pivot chairs, shit Uh, it's an absolute nightmare but I did think it was just a chair issue but uh, yeah it there was weird issues throughout the night, wasn't there, with the, the microphone seemed quite echoey, and yeah. like you say, you, you couldn't really hear Eddie Dennis, could you, in this one?
2: no not at all and that was kind of frustrating because it seemed like that was the bit of the match I was interested in to be honest with you I mean I really struggled to hear him um for Travis TK stuff I just think they've wasted one of the biggest matches they had um and I talk about WWE inspired booking this has got Braun Strowman Brock Lesnar yeah let's just throw out there a random pay-per-view and Rain Cena style yeah throw that one out there in a random pay-per-view sort of style written all over it for me um I just don't think the crowd were ready for it. You've put this match that could be a massive main event on as the semi-main on a random show like if built properly this could have headlined one of the days of super strong style it could have headlined that manchester victoria warehouse show i don't know what they've got planned for those shows but to me like tk cooper this was his second match back like why are they rushing this match was he ever at a point where he should have been in contention for their world title before he went out like it just to me it made no sense and It's just a complete waste of a match that I would have otherwise really looked forward to. You could have done a nice slow turn here as well. You could have done the natural uh, thing of doing... Uh, the South Pacific power trip against CCK at some point as well. You could have teamed them up against the grizzled young vets and have them lost a match, and there would be some sort of confusion. It just seems like so many things they've really overlooked in order to throw this match out there and throw it away. To be honest, and like coming out of it, I've really got no. I've got no interest in TK Cooper at this point, and it's a real shame because he's someone that I've really liked and I've really liked since early on as well, since seeing him when he first came over. And, yeah, why to kill my interest
0: in someone. It, it was a bit... I did do a double take when uh, I saw the match list, or I saw the results coming through on the night, that this was the main event of the first half. I was kind of looking like, oh, no, there's Banks on early again. Um, yeah. And there's no Matt Riddle mm-hmm. here to, uh, to, for the excuse to be that Matt Riddle's <sighs> double booked themselves somewhere else. It was just a bit odd, and I think in the end... It, Put, I, I probably wouldn't have put the, the Walter Tim Thatcher match on last but in the end I would kind of say that that wasn't the worst decision in the world because that would have been a very hard match to follow but mm. yeah it doesn't do a lot for the progress title it going on so, so early here and like you said Joe it being so early in the feud as well to get this match it like you said earlier on the show it's the build seems to be towards this three way situation with Chris Brooks rather than the end result being TK and Travis. Although I suppose if they are attempting to tell some kind of long-term story, maybe this is the, this is a match between TK and Travis. Maybe it's not the match. Maybe if they do turn him heel at some point, there'll be there'll be something else to build up to. Yeah, I'm
2: sure there will be. I'm sure there will be. I just thought this was a massive mistake because there didn't feel like there was any sort of story to really get to the match uh, like there wasn't anything that he'd earned to have a shot at Travis Banks title he turned up less than a month before and said title match me and you at some point yeah cool and the next thing he's on the next ballroom show in a title match it just I just thought this was like this was a match that I was genuinely looking forward to Mm -hmm. I think if they'd have touched for the first time six months down the line the anticipation would have been off the charts as well mm. and you would have got a real progress is great for its moments especially at the ballroom you would have got a real moment from this match instead you know the cat's kind of out of the bag they've done it can they recapture that magic again it's almost like it's if they met in a tournament as well I think you could get away with having their first match and say the super strong style in a tournament match you could throw something in
1: there and then you could build to an eventual title match but I don't know not for me I wonder whether um, this actually taps into what is as a personal thing for me and I don't know if you guys agree on this as the one of the problems they've had with their booking because obviously we were believe it or not listeners there was a point in time we were all incredibly positive about progress booking <laughs> really were not not a lie but one of the things that, that happened is that was based around a show once a month with the odds shows in Manchester. So you could pace things. So everything kind of nicely built. Whereas at the moment now, it feels like there's at least two shows a month and with the possibility of even three on some months. And then you've got these tours that happen as well. So there's a lot more going on. So, but And at the same time, you kind of just can't go, well, the next chapter we're going to do this, the next chapter we're going to do this. You have to kind of almost... Um, not reinvent but certainly think about your kind of booking style and about the pacing of it Um, without – and this is me sounding truly cynical – you've already sold it out, so you don't need to go away giving away things if you've kind of sold out. Now, that doesn't mean you shortchange fans. You can just have what are effectively a series of really great matches with a whole variety of of opponents – and, but by kind of pacing and spreading out these storylines is going to be the thing that suits them. Because we're talk, we're saying this, and we're in early February, and, you know, we've already seen Banks and Brooks and Banks and TK at this point. And that's incredibly early. And we're not, you know, when is Wembley? That's
2: October? Well, it's like we already spoke about. Usually when there's a big show at the horizon, you can kind of call a, uh, kind of, Match that might draw a crowd at this point in time. Yes, you think WrestleMania most years, Wrestle Kingdom. I know that it's completely different; in terms a scale. But there's usually a couple of matches you can go. Oh, okay, that one looks like it pretty headline that one for this reason. Yeah. Like, what are we uh, seven months away? What matches there that they could do that would realistically sell out Wembley at this point in time? Like, there are matches that I haven't seen that I'd like to see. Tyler Bate, Zach. I'm not saying that would sell it out, but that's happened in Manchester this weekend. Like, yeah. what big matches are there that at this point can sell Wembley out? It, it just seems like it's a lot of fly by the night
1: booking. There's also part of it where there's this, the kind of the idea you want to book the titles to be defended on every show, and I'm not a fan of that. I mean, you know, sorry to bring up WWE on this. There's quite often that's been one of their problems. Is this kind of with obviously Brock kind of has changed the rules on that one, but. You don't need to go that way on every single show. Although, don't get me wrong, a Travis Banks match would be really great. It would have been great to have the South Pacific Power Trip brought back as a as a match on a show with Travis Banks as world champion. Slightly different dynamic before building to this Travis Banks TK Cooper match. But instead now you can't it's gonna be very hard to say we're gonna have them teaming up. You know, obviously there's gonna be elements of the story there, so you're kind of almost like killing time until the point
0: where one of them betrays betrays the other i i think that's probably where. i mean i'm i think i'm more split than you guys on whether i like the the stories or not with this Uh, i'm i'm just i think maybe i'm just too hopeful that that's maybe where we are gonna go because otherwise i mean travis banks these last two title defenses he just looks like a schmuck if these two guys are his mates and they're both helping him win, um, and they're both uh, getting involved in his matches. And I did like at the end that he kind of seemed to lose his cool a little bit. That gave him a little bit yeah. something more there. But I'm just a bit cautious because I mean, something I never would expect it to happen is—is is at the finish here, Travis Banks actually he got booed um, when he was going after TK Cooper. And I don't know if that's a, a thing where. TK Cooper is still a face here so there's TK Cooper fans who don't like that whether it's an an indictment to the booking or whether it's just something we have to live with until we do Mm -hmm. hopefully get to this you know eventual point where maybe TK or Chris Brooks or both turn on Travis Banks but yeah I'm There's definitely negatives there, uh, a lot of negatives, and there are are red flags, but maybe I'm just a a bit more hopeful uh, because this was just, like, just to go back to the match itself, it was a Mm. case where watching this match... There was just no point. If I was there live, there's no point where I would have bought TK winning this match. It goes back to what you were saying before. There was a lot of near falls early in the match and a lot of big moves. And I just didn't really buy any of them because I didn't buy TK because he was never in that position previously with progress. And there's just no reason to believe that he was going to win the belt. So unless they are going to put a lot of work in there and we're being fooled and they're going towards a, a big match somewhere down the line or a bigger match, Uh, than this, yeah, I was definitely uh, with you in in scratching my head in some regards.
2: Crowd didn't even seem that into it to me. I think they just seemed confused as to why it was happening there and then.
0: Partly placement as well, isn't it, where it wasn't card. Yeah, so I suppose we were waiting to see on that particular one. I mean, all in all as a show, I mean, I didn't think it was a, was a top progress show by any means, but I think a lot of it is dependent on, on what you made of the main event. Um, mm-hmm. I maybe wouldn't go five stars, but I'd probably go close. I absolutely love that thing, so mm. I kind of walked away with a, a much more positive um, outcome on, on this show as a whole, but yeah, I think it, it was a, a, str- a bit of a strange holding show. Um, how how
1: with, do you guys feel about the direction of the women's division with the um, the new stable in place? Meh so <laughs> leave it at that then operate, Joe.
2: no interest I, I'll be honest I skipped it I watched the Ginny promo and <laughs> I don't know uh, Tony Storm I really like as a wrestler but her title reign has just kind of been I don't know there Like she's been so inconsistently but there I suppose with her stardom commitments and all the rest of it but It just hasn't got me interested in the women's division at all. Ginny almost seemed like she was turning face uh, with her promo and then... I suppose we had this heel faction form, but mm. I just not interested. There are other women that I'd rather see. It uh, didn't come help in Millie here. McKenzie
1: being, yeah. being injured. That's, yeah. o- that's obviously. But then a that blow was there. another
2: match. I thought, I wondered whether they were rushing again. Like Millie McKenzie seems yeah. like she's another long term challenger you'd build up. Yeah, um, I think it was kind of a good thing she wasn't there in a way. It just seemed like a placeholder match for the month. Um, yeah, I, I just think at this point, if Tony Storm's going to be there so inconsistently. I need to get the belt off
1: her. I think so. I think so. I mean, I think there's there are enough people you can go with for headlining that title the way it's currently being placed. Because let's face it, it's the it's the start to the second half on this show it's not like it's it's going to be in the, the main event positions and i think maybe they're going to need to do that on some of the shows they should be thinking about headlining a show with a with a killer women's match what women's matches do they have that could main event a show though but that's yeah that's it i mean that's when you're coming into the the realms of of trying to build up your champion by getting in some some great imports perhaps that might be although which imports are you gonna be available to get? I mean you're gonna get it complicated. I mean how would you what you gonna import someone in from Stardom? But there are there I'd like are, to see the likes of Viper bought in. I would. I'd be well up for that. Um, I mean even seeing Kaylee Ray come back in again. Yeah. I'd yeah. I'd be I'd be I'd be grand with that as well. Um, so yeah, I mean there's there's things at the moment with it where I mean I always think with these shows, none of them are sort of truly awful. Mm. But there's been such a standard that's been raised and hence why we're so critical um, about things at times where if the standard's already been set for what you're expecting and it doesn't hit those heights that you have to question why and and I think for me personally another overall comment about the promotion a lot of the time it's always been like wait and see see where this story develops I'll be honest I've been waiting a year now and it's like yeah do you know what you're gonna have to try. You're gonna have to do something a bit better for this, rather than sort of, you know, I'll oh, wait and see because the person behind the curtain's gonna gonna pull back and, and show us this tremendous card at the end of it all. It's like I'm I'm not thinking that that's gonna happen. I'm 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 waiting to be excited by by shows a lot of the time. And and again, if you if you look through a lot of the cards, it's it's hard to think of it as just another show
2: yeah and i Not look at the of just another show. direction of a few other promotions like we're going to talk about rev pro in a minute but i think they've, they've had a great january in terms of shows and they've set so much up going forward whereas on pro- with progress what i there's nothing they've really set up that i'm all that excited for there's nothing that i kind of see in the future that i'm like oh that's going to be great oh that's going to be awesome so yeah maybe it's a bit of a lull at the moment but yeah i think they need to get to that point of the, like right now, to be honest.
1: Well, at least we got to reenact the glorious chance at <laughs> oh, the, uh, the Birmingham fuck show. Me. Yep.
0: I would say that I think the there's been good stuff the last few shows. I think the the Travis Banks title win yes. it started to turn me around a little bit on progress. I thought oh, we were heading the in the right that, direction. Yeah. Oh,
1: no. 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 Sorry. Gonna completely agree with you on that. It's the mm. it's it really has been the Travis and Friends show.
2: <laughs> I, I did forget yeah. Mark Andrews, Eddie Dennis there actually, which I am sure. genuinely looking forward to. So yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Havoc and Haskins
2: as well. Anything? No, no, no. It's been the same as it's been since. What, I'm assuming September? Flash
1: at some point is going to end up joining that group.
0: <laughs> Great. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that they had uh, on the show as well. Flash Morgan Webster and Doug Williams, and they had Vicky Haskins uh, helping Morgan Webster. I mean, this goes to whenever you do, we're losing. Uh, A a losing streak gimmick in wrestling I think it's all it does is hurt the wrestler himself and I've never been less interested in Morgan Webster I don't know if that's the plan and they're gonna pull something out of the bag and he's gonna be this really enjoyable heel or he's gonna go against Havoc and Haskins but yeah that's a that's a little bit of a head scratcher there isn't it it's funny because I've enjoyed f- seeing Flash on the Rev Pro shows. He feels actually,
1: weirdly to me, like a bit of a breath of fresh air in there. He's a nice presence there, I'll say he that. Is a nice I, presence.
2: I do think, long term, the mod gimmick needs to go. I think it's kind of had its day. I think it, you know, you need something a little bit fresh. My prediction... Go pure rocker. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> My prediction with some of this stuff is I could see, possibly, and this may be an early call, I think this is leading to Doug Williams having his retirement match at Wembley if I'm honest with you, on the Progress Show. And I maybe think he could be facing Mark Haskins at Wembley, if that's the case because you've got the whole Vicky Haskins thing going on here. Are they going to get involved with Doug Williams in some way? Um, I, I could be totally
1: off on that. Perhaps, said, perhaps I'm putting too much faith in the promotion. Well, I mean, you can easily say with Haskins and Haskin, Haskins and Havoc being the the kind of veterans who are being slighted and slightly ignored, and then you've got Doug Williams going, what are you talking about, veteran? I'm the real veteran here. And I can see that leading to kind of the involvement with mm. Haskins. And I'll be fine with that. I mean, seeing Doug Williams get a send-off at SSE Arena would be really great and well-deserved.
0: Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our, uh, our Progress Talk. Uh, we're all going to be at the Progress Show in Manchester this Sunday where we get to see the the three-way with Travis Banks, TK Cooper and Chris Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we'll see where they go uh, with that one and we'll see where, what happens in Manchester. But we'll be uh, back here with another show to discuss that one. But let's move on to our next mm-hmm. promotion that we want to recap for January. And you, you mentioned it there, Joe. Uh, RevPro. Uh, they had a, a very, very busy January. Um, three cockpit. Shows. Shows and a high stakes event in there as well. Uh, you were at, you guys were live at all of these shows, I believe, uh, starting with the the Rev Pro Cockpit Weekender at the uh, the very start of January.
2: Yeah, I was at uh, both of the cockpit shows. JP was at the first. I one was
0: at the weekend.
1: Saturday, and not the not the Sunday.
0: Yeah, so this is twenty four and twenty five. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, two really really solid shows. Two really enjoyable shows. Packed house on both night. Both nights, uh, good crowd as well. Um, I thought the tournament, uh, the women's tournament that was kind of headlining it, brought a slightly different crowd to usual. There were some uh, slightly different faces that you don't see as regulars at the cockpit there. Uh, Maybe uh, more of the kind of women's fans, potentially. Um, As a tournament, it was fine. I didn't think it... It didn't blow me away by any means. I didn't think there was one kind of standout match from the tournament either. The people that I found myself being most impressed with were Sammy Jane, who I'd never seen before, but she looked really kind of fundamentally sound. Um, She really worked around her kind of body shape. um, So she worked quite an aggressive style. I was quite impressed with her. And uh, Diana Perazzo, who I've seen sort of sparingly, I thought she was really decent as well. Again, fundamentally really sort of well-coordinated, um, some really nice sort of technical stuff at points as well. And for me, the best match between the women was the match between Diana Perazzo and Sammy Jane on night one. Um, mm. So that was a good match. Ginny obviously ended up winning the tournament. I've said it before on here before. I like the Ginny character. I'm just not the biggest fan of her in the ring. I just don't think she's that good um if i'm completely honest there are various things about the way she works is this kind of badass aggressive heel that i just don't think suit her body shape her style she's got some of the weakest strikes i've ever seen in wrestling yet they're seen as being really impactful she's as a rainmaker as a finisher when she hits double rainmakers you look at the size of her arms that her wrists are tiny i just don't buy it. Um, we've gone from Stan Hansen to the Ginny Lariat, and yeah, it's just no, I, I just do not buy it. Um, but overall, two really good shows. Um, a few other standout moments on the shows. I thought Pete Dunn, who was on both shows, was maybe the standout performer across the two nights. He had a match with El Fantasma on night one, which was by far the best El Fantasma match I've seen. I've seen quite a few of his matches since he's been over. Because he's been on most of the cockpit shows. Mm. He's really improved. When he first came over, he looked a little bit unconfident. Um, he wasn't. Amazed. He didn't have a lot of fire. He was kind of more kind of by the numbers. Whereas this match, I thought, brought the absolute best out of him. Pete Dunn you <laughs> was a star when he walked into the cockpit. You know, he's working in front of 200 people. He's a guy who's been working in front of 10,000 at times when he's been in America. And here he is in this little venue, and he was having fun as well. He used the venue um, to the sort of its maximum potential. He was up in the stands brawling. He did a great double stomp onto Phantasmo, who was in the stands at one point as well. It, this was a really, really great match that I'd recommend sort of having a look at, because I thought it was the best match probably from the two shows Shows, if anything. Um, so really impressive Al Fantasmo. Done it another really good match with Chris Brooks at night too I think this is the best Chris Brooks singles match I've seen to date. Um, again, really physical. Brooks bled a lot in the match as well, which really added like another layer to the match. Put a lot of sympathy on Brooks as well, who seemed like he was even more over yesterday at the cockpit show I was at, possibly as a result of this. Like, I would really recommend going out, of my way, going out of your way sorry for that one. A um, couple of other matches I would say that are worth watching as well. Martin Stone against Zack. I think Zack Sabre Jr. has had a stellar January, to say the least. I think he's been one of the most consistent wrestlers, along with Minoru Suzuki, throughout January. And his match with Martin Stone here was a really physical encounter. Based around a lot of kind of grappling, holds, solid striking at points as well. Two guys who had a lot of chemistry. i would never actually seen them wrestle before, surprisingly, considering how long they've both been around for. Uh, But yeah, just a really, really solid match that I'd recommend going out of your way for. Very physical, uh, really nice kind of flow to it as well. Crowd really into it. Quiet crowd, but a crowd that were really watching intently throughout the match as well. A couple other things I've been impressed by. The Eddie Dennis storyline, I think, is going somewhere. Again, like we said before, compelling character. Similar character in Rev Pro. He's not quite at the point of a full heel turn. He's getting there. But in terms of just putting on solid shows, these were two shows uh, that provided a great weekend, personally, for myself.
1: Yep, absolutely great. I mean, like I say, I wish I was at the Sunday show for it Um, but these cockpit shows I mean just to sort of big them up for a minute I mean in terms of what they are for what they provide £16.50 not a nightmare to get tickets for Um, they are I mean there's not a bad seat in the place and you always get your money's worth for it and they treat you like adults there isn't you know you're able to God forbid go outside and have a vape without having to get strip searched like you do in the York Hall um, it's it, there's something about the whole experience of it that adds something to to Rev Pro, um, and it, it, just adding that sort of different flavour to it. And then when you get from that to the York Horn, and then obviously what would be the shows in Gosport and Portsmouth, which are much more family orientated. They're kind of covering several niches all at the same time, and I like that. I like that about it. And in, in terms of the 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 women's tournament, I mean, it, it, it felt to me like Ginny was always going to be the one who would be, um, would be going over, it would be, I think we do. there's a few more names I'd, I'd like to see involved, I mean particularly say Nina Samuels, um, I'd, I'd like to see her and Sammy Jane become, become semi-regulars, same thing with Millie McKenzie, we're going to talk about it in terms of the high stakes show that we also went to where B Priestley had her um, tributes to Bray Wyatt entrance uh, as well, which at least was different and at least
0: was unique and had a kind of degree of spectacle to it. I mean, well, you mentioned it there, JP. Uh, high Stakes 2018 yeah. was on the 20th of January as well. And, yeah, they did a great job leading into that with those cockpit shows. I think, uh, unfortunately for me, I don't get to many live RevPro shows. But just watching this Slater shows on demand, it's it's really impressive how quickly RevPro get these things out. Uh, the production isn't always the best. Um, but Trust your the, hard
1: camera guys.
0: <laughs> they, they kind of keep them at a, a reasonable length and high stakes even itself, I think, it was about 2 hours 30, something like that, uh, that's yeah. what I really love about RevPro there's a there's a quality uh, control there. but yeah getting into high stakes, uh, this was one that you both got to get to live, I watched it on the VOD, yep. I think the big story uh, coming out of this show is Zack Sabre Jr. Minoru Suzuki beating Mustache Mountain, a, a WWE versus New Japan match um, unbelievably um, and we had the New Japan uh, team go over, I think uh, we're going to be in for an interesting few months here and it's uh, really interesting, isn't it, that the Rev Pro have gone that route in and actually put the belts on Zack Sabre and Minoru Suzuki. I don't know if you even thought that was a possibility going in. I didn't. Didn't
1: at all. I thought the whole thing was setting up Trent versus Zack. So I'd assumed that, um, that that would be that it would be a case of Trent getting a pin on Zack and then they build up their heavyweight match. Hard to think of Minoru Suzuki coming back as a kind of not as a regular. Obviously, it would be great seeing work the cockpit shows. <laughs> um, we can dream. And also as well, we were there. We were there with Ollie Court. um, And one of the things I'd said to Ollie at the time is, is I felt slightly disappointed by the Minoru Suzuki Matt Riddle match, primarily because of the interference at the end. It mm. it, it kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. It's the old Suzuki gun trope. But, Exactly. Whereas Suzuki here was a very much in Tokyo Dome Suzuki mode <laughs> or New Beginning um, Suzuki mode, where he was absolutely Trent. You could tell he was just loving it, and he, he, you know, the reactions he was getting. There was one point where he um, he chops uh, Trent Seven, who just managed to fall down, sort of dead. Wow, that was so completely good. straight. He was it was great. I love
2: the respect that Trent and Tyler, Trent especially, really kind of had for Maduro Suzuki as well. Like, you could tell that he was loving being in the ring with Suzuki Um, Mm. and the way he sold that chop for him to establish him immediately as this killer I thought was absolutely awesome Um, like some really great interactions throughout the match as well some great exchanges between Trent and Minoru Suzuki I also love the way that Minoru Suzuki just killed Tyler Bate at points (laughs) of it as well just bossed him around. This really engaging tag match live um, felt very different as well to your usual kind of British wrestling main event. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It felt like there was a slightly different style. It felt methodical while at the same time it was all action. If I don't know mm. if that makes any sense. But there was so much to it. There were stages of the match as well. There was the segment where they went on the outside. There were some great exchanges between each of the guys in there as well. Each spot, each big spot, really meant a lot in the match as well. Yeah. Um, Trent put a few little spins on some of his usual tropes as well, like the whole... Um, Uh, Chop in the corner and all the rest of it. It was just a really, really great match to be at live. I really enjoyed it. I don't know what it was like in the VOD for you, Benno.
0: Yeah, I loved it. I think, uh, like you say, I think Trent walked the line between the, the comedy, like you say, falling like a, a tree in the woods, and, mm. and the serious stuff with his British strong style of just hitting really hard, uh, which depending on whether you're, you what you believe of strong style, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's Trent's, uh, that's Trent's version of it anyway. Um, but yeah, like you said, the, the story there, just with, uh, I think Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. just kind of wrapping up Tyler um, and, and kind of taking advantage of him throughout the match, leading yep. to the the big trend save and like you said it, it, it was all action um i was surprised kind of when the 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 finish came out there with the sleeper octopus uh, stereo submissions leading into that suzuki gotch pile driver i thought yeah. that' I, I, it was a strong way to put the team oh, over yeah. as well, which surprised me. I, I thought maybe they'd given out to the Mustache Mountain team, but it was just kind of uh, Tyler got beaten as Trent was forced to look on, and, mm. and Rev Pro are uh, clearly well behind the Zach Sabre and Minoru Suzuki team, and, and for good reason.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was a really convincing win. Um, I just wonder whether they're trying to go with them as like this unit that kind of dominates over Rev Pro mm. over the next year. I think, like, Zach's had that belt for almost a year now, and I think maybe they're trying to build Zach as kind of as close as you can get to an Okada figure of mm. sorts at this point with that long reign, um, trying to give him that kind of ...dominant faction of sorts as well with Suzuki... ...so they seem like that really legitimate threat... ...and it's Mm -hmm. a way... ...if they've secured Minero Suzuki for a set of dates as well... ...you kind of really get him over as this killer threat... ...and when you Mm -hmm. eventually put someone over those guys it's going to be huge and plus if say they start defending the belts occasionally in New Japan we, I don't know, That's, there's something else there as well, they're also going to be on the Wrestlemania show in New Orleans so I don't know whether they'll be defending the titles on that show, which is another kind of, you know, real attraction for Rev Pro over Wrestlemania weekend if they've got Suzuki-gun
1: teaming up on their show in New Orleans Well one mm-hmm. of the interesting things that I like is that when Minoru Suzuki beat Tanahashi at, at New Beginnings, an amazing Amazing match if you get a chance to see it. Um, the uh, it was interesting that when he when he celebrated winning the New Japan Intercontinental Title, he had the Rev Pro Tag Belt with him, and the commentators made reference to that as well. And I thought, you know, you would you're never going to get that from any. You're not going to get that from WWE. That's that's not going to be happening. Um, well, wrestling doesn't exist. That's at WWE. No, ex- WWE, exactly. And I think as well, it was, it was, it felt like a really satisfying main event. And given that there was really good stuff below the card as well, and stuff mm. that was going in a storyline direction. I'm talking specifically about Osprey Andrews, and it was great to see Andrews um, back in Rev Pro again, and and they had they had a cracking match, and uh, um, and I really enjoyed it. And I know some people the um, LIJ versus Aussie Open really put Aussie Open on the map. and I was just
0: um, going to go in that direction because yeah. that's the thing isn't it as well as having Suzuki and Zack Sabre on, t- on top as tag team champions and you got Mustache Martin who can chase them he set up a, there was a couple of other great tag matches on this show yeah. where you know you had that one but also uh, Zach Gibson and Josh Bodum who were yeah. forging this this relationship as a team against CCK I mean that one particularly okay you couldn't really hear the Gibson promo uh, nor could I actually see uh, Josh and, and Eddie brawling on the stage uh, oh again, really some some slighter uh, uh, it was just pitch black he couldn't really make it out on oh the that's uh, I mean, in Gibson's promo, I heard him say something about the shit in the ring, but I couldn't quite make out what he was saying. But as far as a match goes, um, I think Gibson and Bodham were really putting together great double teams. The teams have a real chemistry, both as personalities and in-ring. It wasn't just the CCK with the sick tag moves here. It was uh, Gibson and Bodham as well.
2: What is it about Bodham and Gibson? You've got Bodham and James Drake. So James Drake and Gibson, they run a training school together. They're with each other every day, I'm going to assume. Bodum and Gibson are a better tag team.
1: Bowden, mm. think Gibson, and Charlie Sterling are a better tag team in as all OTC, young
2: Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. I completely agree with you. It's it's weird, uh, and Bowden and Gibson have had really good matches together. They've had good matches on the cockpit shows mm. when they've teamed together as well. They really complement each other and they really fit together quite naturally. I think this also uh, comes to the point of Josh Bowden being the most underrated wrestler. I'm going to go out there and say in the world right now, I don't know how this guy is not getting booked outside of Rev Pro. So Some of the prominent promotions. He's a
1: dick. He shouldn't be booked. He's a dick. Oh, I
2: don't know what he. He seriously must have murdered people backstage because the progress, prime example, are missing out by not having this guy on their shows at the moment because he's a heat machine. Mm-hmm. And he'd get over as well there, and he'd have great matches, and he'd give he'd give the card something else as well. He'd give
0: give you something that Joseph Connors can't give to you. He- <laughs> I would say on, on the team point of view, I think I mean I've turned the corner a little bit on James Drake. I think he plays his role well in a team of gifts, and I do think they've got I don't kind of disagree. Sweep, Gibson and Bottom are both probably two better singles, but I mean Bottom's the much better singles wrestler than yeah. Drake. I would say so. The two stronger personalities, I would say. Well, I'm not sure on what which of the two I find better as a team, uh, but I just definitely enjoy both.
2: Yeah, I, I'm completely with you. What I liked about the match as well is they found a way to transition from Curtis Chapman and Rob Lyers with the Eddie Dennis uh, sort of run in. Set up a Bodem Eddie Dennis match immediately after the match. Set up a Bodem Curtis Chapman match after the match as well. And then they also kind of set up a Bodem Zach Gibson match potentially with Gibson walking out on him as well. And there's something going on there. You could get a Bodem match with Travis Banks as a result of this as well. So there yeah. are future matches that have been set up. Uh, There are, what, what did I say, four or five future matches been set up from just the first two matches on the card. Like, that's Mm. great booking right there. That's thinking forward. It's thinking about those cockpit Mm. shows. It's thinking about the next
1: York Hall show, potentially. Just really smart booking, if you ask me. And also CCK are kept strong, which sets, and they obviously set up a a match um, for them against um, uh, Suzuki Gun.
2: And it was a a convincing win for CCK, and I think they needed it
1: after the uh,
2: elite debacle the month before, where they looked like a bunch of jobbers.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, as far as I mean, another team on the show. You just mentioned them before. JP Aussie Open against Evil and Sonata. They were on the losing end but you know, I think they'd have to be um, here against the uh, IWGP Tag Team. Champions, that would have been but... a shock.
1: That would, that would have been <laughs> have a you... massive shock. Well, it...
0: It was a decisive win for Evil and Sonata, but I think, the to me, I mean, I don't really agree, I thought the mm-hmm. Aussies looked like they belonged, and I believe Absolutely. this match even ended up on New Japan World, so yeah, hopefully uh, yeah. this match finds itself in in front of the right eyes there, too.
1: Although they got, they didn't play the Run the Jewel song. I don't mm. know what it is. So maybe you can't quite close your eyes and counter-fuck in, uh, in New Japan. That makes no <laughs> sense. Scratch that one, Benno. Then just play this music, the theme music. <laughs> You're looking at me quizzically, Joe. Yeah, scratch that one. Sorry about that. So the match? (laughs) The match?
0: I'll do that bit again. This fucker pulling faces at me beside me. Um, JP, what did you think of the Aussies? What kind of account did they make of themselves?
1: A really great account. I mean, the the crowd themselves, which you would imagine for this kind of a show is going to be very much kind of, you know, your, your New Japan fanboy. Type fans, but in fact, it was very much fifty-fifty. Aussie Open had a, a large amount of that crowd, which shows that kind of you know, this is a crowd who would have who's seen them at, at the cockpit, who've seen them on. Um, they've worked a York Hall show before, haven't they? Is it just the one they've worked? No, before? I don't think they've been on a is that York the first Hall York Hall. Show. Show? Yeah, I think that's the first York Hall. They certainly Hall knew show. who they were, and it's probably through seeing them in progress and um, Fight Club Pro and Attack. Um, so they were really, they were really there. And I know that Kyle Fletcher was on holiday and he's actually cancelled it to go back and have this match specifically with with Mark Davis. And they didn't look out of place at all. And I know this is obviously, you know, we're on wandering into fantasy booking territory. They could do a hell of a lot worse than have them in, in the World Tag League. And <laughs> also if they're thinking about making They've got a year yet, they have got a year yet. And, and trust me, they've had some proper shite involved in that tournament <laughs> over the years. But they, it, it, you know, if you're thinking about Australia and New Zealand as being the next two kind of promo, next two areas of the world where there's this kind of wrestling war going on, having Aussie Open in. Involved in some ways is not going to be ever a bad way. I did
2: wonder when they announced those Australia shows. Was this match kind of a trial for those guys? Because obviously they Mm. can work at Australia. They can take them back over there. do they want to give them a place on those Australia shows during that the time they're over there, uh, which I think would be a great shout if they were able to mm-hmm. and it'd be a really big opportunity for both of them what I liked as well is the crowd got what a big opportunity this was for both of them and were really respectful of the opportunity that they were given, like they seemed psyched to see Evelyn Sonata. Yeah. but at the same time there was a lot of kind of, this is a big match for these guys um, we're going to give these guys kind of our all and there was a, re- a sort of real engagement throughout the match as well, I thought from the crowd and it was that respect that I kind of like I know the York Hall crowds get a lot of criticism and yeah there are times when as any crowd does my head in um, individuals in the York Hall crowd can really annoy me but yeah there was. I thought the crowd were great throughout this one I thought they were really respectful I thought they were really Uh, kind of appreciative of what was going on as well A, a nice match not a blowaway match by any means but a match that i think is going to benefit davis and fletcher long term because they were in the ring with these guys and even though it was a convincing win it was no by no means a walkover
0: so, any other notes uh, from that show, uh, JP? Anything else mm-hmm. that uh, stood out here on the night? Well, there was a
1: there was an Adam Brooks Ryan Small match, which was I, I mean very much a match of two halves to use a footballing cliche in there as well, um, hmm. where there was some good stuff, but it, it went on for too long. It was near twenty minutes, and it wasn't. It didn't feel like it was the best showcase for Adam Brooks because there was a there were points in it where it did feel like it was dragging. They were both working really hard and I've heard sort of mixed opinions on this. Um somebody gave Ryan Smile, said some horrible things to him about hoping that he, he dies. Threw himself at a bridge or threw something. Threw himself like that. off a bridge, yeah, which is dickish.
0: Yes, yeah, no need for
1: on. it. Takes him you know, he, the man absolutely worked it worked his arse off. He didn't do anything to, to warrant any of that. Um the women's match was deeply affected um by um, by Ginny getting uh, an injury during it, um, mm. there was the B Priestley entrance, which was kind of weird. Like I just thought it's a Sister Abigail in, impression as much as anything else. I mean, they worked hard. There were some wild spots. It like was a too match, dangerous. Yeah, based around three insane spots, I thought, yeah.
2: which were really impressive um, and crazy. And Scared I was like, of shit uh, out of me. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I thought going back to Brooks' smile. Um, I thought that actually exposed both of them a little bit going so long there were moments of the match that i enjoyed and they like, smile was working his ass off i gotta give him credit for that but then you had osprey andrews which i fucking loved but at the same time i felt like they could have shaved five or six minutes of a brooks uh, smile and given yeah, that Os- to osprey and andrews. Osprey
0: andrews was like the perfect kind of that 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 was what the smile brooks match was trying to be wasn't yes. it it yeah. just felt like smile looked like he shouldn't be out there being honest it went about 10 minutes too long and it was like he was trying to do an impression of that kind of match it just yeah I get what you just saying. went and it went and it went
1: I can yeah. imagine on the VOD that it wouldn't mm, it was a hard watch it would be a hard watch as well I thought and this is something I hope that they do going forward from here on in is they open the match with um, what would have been two young lions um, the cruiserweight match between Curtis Chapman and Rob Lias. now these are characters If you, these are the wrestlers if you go to the cockpit shows they're always on them and you've, you've, we've seen their growth, and Curtis Chapman is being kind of built up as probably one of the first really big homegrown stars since Bodem. Um, Rob Lyas' character work is very much underestimated, but it's interesting how they've both gotten to this place. They've spent a long time working the South Coast shows. Working the cockpit shows in in losing matches right at the start at the start of the event, so their fundamentals are kind of already very much set in place, and the character stuff has been added onto it. There isn't the kind of problem that you you see happen a lot, and you know I am going to shock you by criticizing progress, where the character has been the fundamental thing to to go for first of all, and then try and improve the work after that, which I think is very much ass about face. Whereas um, here I thought they put on a, a good solid opener and because it was the opener, the crowd were, were into it. I don't know, again how that came across in the VOD, but and they're also both they're integrated into various stories involving you know Eddie Dennis, and Josh Bodum, you know there's, there's there's some really interesting stuff going on and I, and I hope that this is the way that they'll do things going forward and and i think some other promotions could do with taking uh, taking a cue from this and having them become good workers first of all before then starting to add the layers of characterisation.
2: Yeah, I think um, the crowd were into this match at a level you'd expect them to be when it's the opener mm. um, when it's the first I think it was the first uh, York Hall show that Lias wrestled on, I know it was Chapman's second um, and he was familiar from the last show, where he won the belt and it was a perfectly fine opener for two guys of, of this level wrestled on this sort of stage, I thought um, but I do think it is a good way having these as opening matches to get these guys out there and get them a little bit more experience on these slightly bigger shows, mm. if anything. So I've, I hope this is a, something that they continue to do, because um, it was cool to see Rob Lias there after seeing him for like a year or so now on the cockpit shows. But like those guys have been doing the smaller shows at the Buckland Community Centre for year for a long time as well. The GoSport shows that RevPro run for more sort of family orientated audiences. So it kind of been you know overdue for these guys as well. And it's a credit to them that they've really kind of established those characters after establishing those fundamentals. One thing I really like that they do is they do find a way of using more experienced guys to get these less experienced guys over. So Rob Lias was involved with Shah Samuels and had a whole feud with Shah Samuels mm-hmm. where Shah Samuels really got his character over and really established his character on the cockpit shows, and you can see that it's really paid off, and it's a credit to Shah Samuels really. With Curtis Chapman, he was booked as an underdog for months on the York, uh, sorry, on the cockpit shows as well, and here he is now, and it's kind of paid off for him. So it's a really nice way of getting these guys over. Um, I wanted to sort of transition into the cockpit show that I went to yesterday or on Sunday. So Sunday the fourth of Feb, uh, depends on what day it is. Yeah, Cockpit twenty six, which I think is meant to be up on the VOD tomorrow. So another trainee uh who's been on the cockpit shows on and off for about a year now is Dan McGee. Um he was thrown into a match yesterday because of an injury to Eddie Dennis. So the Josh Bowdoum Eddie Dennis match, which was set up at York Hall. Eddie Dennis, I think, has a was it a pectoral um injury? Yeah. Um so Dan McGee came in as a mm. replacement. I was expecting just a match Boden was kind of prancing on the ring saying this is going to be an easy payday and all the rest of it, being his arrogant self. Dan McGee comes out, stands on the apron, Bowden pushes him off the apron. McGee takes this massive bump and we go from there. They just beat the shit out of each other. Takedowns, lumping each other, really laying it in. McGee was given as good as Bodum was giving him as well. He wasn't letting Boden push him around. And you know what? He got over massively as a result of this. This match went seven minutes. I thought it was the best match on the show. And this was a good show. And here's a guy who's not really had much of a character established. He's had very solid matches, fundamentally sound matches. He had a match with Martin Stone last month, which was just a nice match. This was a brawl, and it kind of got a character out of McGee. Like You could see this kind of plucky underdog who's going to give as much as he gets from his opponent in this match as well. And it felt similar to... I don't know if anyone watched the die Jack matches that they had in the cockpit, where they were just these wild mm. brawls all around the venue. It had a sort of similar style to the Bodem uh, dijak matches, but Bodum basically got McGee over as a result of this because he let him you know being equal at his level he let McGee kick out of a couple of big moves as well McGee wasn't kind of holding back at any point and they just beat the ever-loving shit out of each other for seven minutes and it was great it was an awesome awesome match like I've said before what Bodum's got to do to get booked to the places I don't know at this point the guy is fucking brilliant and I'll keep saying that and I'll keep saying that and I'll keep saying that but McGee has really done himself some favours by sort of you know coming into this match late on and i think great bit of booking on andy quilden's part again by you know getting a positive out of a negative with eddie dennis falling off the show because he's managed to get himself another guy over it and it's another one of his trainees who looks like he's ready to step up so really really great stuff and a really good job with the rev pro trainees again i think
1: saves bodem and eddie dennis as well for a later show it that does, does. That doesn't need to go. And anywhere, I think I
2: think that you could do a series of Bodum and McGee um, in a similar vein to so they did. I think three matches of Bodum and DiJack. Like I said, it had a similar vibe. You can get a few matches out of this. You can get a big win for McGee eventually as well, and you can really build to a final match between them as well. I think and get McGee yeah. over long term because. Yeah. Yeah, he's always looked good, but he showed something completely different. He had a, he's got a great lariat on him. I spoke about Ginny's lariat. Oh, one of the clotheslines he delivered to Bodem was stiff, to say the least. And it, it looked great. It looked really, really good. Um, awesome. Show in yeah. general, I would recommend uh, having a flick through the show for sure. Um, some really good stuff on there. Good triple threat to open it with Curtis Chapman, Chris Brooks and Flash Morgan Webster some really good advancement of feuds as well so coming from this match David Starr sort of came out cost flashed the match or distracted him we've then had Adam Brooks and El Fantasmo again I'm not impressed with Brooks so far but Fantasmo is really stepping it up
0: Fantasmo's somebody, isn't he that it's kind of a good model for maybe if we're tempering our expectations with Brooks Fantasmo's taking a while hasn't he to get going himself and it's only now that he's starting to look I think comfortable in Rev Pro. Maybe maybe Brooks needs that bedding period as well.
2: I Think it's a slightly different situation though, because Fantasma was brought over here as kind of a nobody um mm-hmm. and kind of had to establish himself and work from the ground up and wasn't put in these prominent positions early on. Whereas Brooks come over and his first matches against Osprey, and we've all heard yeah. about this Osprey match. So the he's come over with a lot, lot
0: matches,
2: yeah. Yeah, he's come over with a lot more hype, he's mm-hmm. been putting in a, on a York Hall mm-hmm. show straight away. So it's a little bit of a different situation. Maybe if he'd come over a little bit more low-key, I think, yeah, maybe we'd be that little bit more um, patient with him, potentially. Um, sure. So I'm hoping he gets there. But yeah, Phantasma, I think, looking great as well. Um, David Starr and Mike Bailey, again, another really fun match. It got a bit of time. There was some chemistry there. David Starr cut an amazing promo before the match, which I absolutely loved, where he was really kind of ripping into certain members of the crowd I thought it was hilarious. A lot of others in the crowd thought it was hilarious as well. He wasn't holding back. You could tell he was really enjoying cutting a heel promo essentially because it was something slightly different to what he's usually done and you can tell that he was really getting some steam off of his chest on certain members of the crowd that do kind of piss him off (laughs) 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 and piss me off too so I was totally with Dave on this one Um, a good match again they've set up a a Flash David Starr match going forward from this one as well because Flash Morgan Webster got involved at a point in this match I thought that was a good step Um, Adam Brooks as well Uh, Ended up coming out during this one as well. So you've got all sorts of matches there with David Mm. Starr and Curtis Chapman being setting up going forward. Flash, Morgan Webster and uh, Curtis Chapman again. David Starr and Flash. Adam Brooks being lumped in with these guys as well. So there's a really good kind of active junior division there in Rev Pro at the moment as well. So mm. again, some matches that are kind of making me want to go back to the cockpit month after month again. I said I wouldn't do it this year, but I don't know, I'm going to probably uh, give in to the... Might,
0: might as well got a season ticket at this point, mate. Yeah. I missed about four <laughs>
2: shows last year, and I think it's... Uh, three shows are discounted if you get a season ticket. So, uh, mm. we'll yeah, see. yeah, we'll <laughs> see. There's a really nice match between Sammy Jane and Nina Samuels as well. I think Sammy Jane's kind of shown something uh, during a ta- during a sort of, couple of matches in Rev Pro now. Mm. Um, some really nice spots in the match. Maybe a little bit inconsistent, but decent overall. Um, and the main event I thought was an absolutely cracking match. Uh, you got Zack Saber Junior. Travis Banks We've seen a lot of matches between these two and I was uh, going to
0: ask. I mean, here in Rev Pro, Travis Banks is kind of—he's in a different position here, isn't he? Than he is, yeah. you know, say in Progress and Fight Club Pro. He's—he's he's the tag team guy guy in Rev Pro. Uh, how did they come across him? Challenging here was he a believable threat, or, or did it feel a little bit different than the the other matches you've seen between these two?
2: Um, interesting you say that.
0: I didn't really think
2: about it from that perspective when I was there. He seemed like a believable threat to me, and people were into him. People at the cockpit shows are really into CCK generally, yeah. so I think it was a match. Wanted to see, um, yeah. and it was a really kind of it was wrestled in quite quite an equal way. And Zach's win, it was seen as him sort of irking out a win. You know the um, ah, it's the move that he beat Trent with on in the freeway at Progress that pinfall that he does where he like leans back yeah. on the shoulders. So he used that to beat him uh, in about eighteen minutes, I think, and. It was a convincing win, but it didn't make Travis Banks look bad as well. So I think long term, if Travis Banks stays around, he might get somewhere else there. But this is why I was saying I think um, Zach is possibly being built as that kind of a Carder-like figure. Because he's getting these convincing wins. Even though he's irking these wins out, they are convincing at the same time. And... People can be competitive with him, but he is kind of the king at the end of the day, and he's the guy you've got to kind of be able to live up to in terms of style. But at the same time, I think what they're trying to do, there was some really subtle work in this as well, where Zach was kind of doing lots of little things to Travis Bank's back because he had the cups on his back. Um, that Osprey has as well. So mm. Zach was really kind of rubbing his fists at his he elbows. That. He's an evil bastard, isn't oh, he? Oh, it was great. And there was some really subtle work <laughs> evil where Zach he'd like is
1: great, Zach.
2: walk over his ankle at times when Travis Banks on the floor and he'd break a hold. So it kind of showed maybe Travis Banks being that naive babyface challenger who needs to, you know, bring his game a little bit more in the next match they have as well, which I'm hoping they do because this was a really nice match and I could see there's a better match in both of these guys as well. I've seen them better matches but this was by no means uh, a match that they were slacking in really really decent main event and i saw this from about 200 people like seeing that main event in that venue is great for 16 pound 50 i just can't complain
0: yes yeah, some uh, interesting stuff they definitely looking forward to that one dropping on uh, vod in the coming days brev pro uh, are really quick about getting that stuff out so yeah definitely uh, looking forward to that and again mm-hmm. another uh, story part of the Zack Sabre Jr. and Travis Banks, if like you said, if their previous matches are anything to go by, I'm I'm looking forward to checking out that one as well. Um, uh, we couldn't go without talking about uh, Five Star Wrestling and their storming debut into their arena tours that they're starting. A three-hour TV show on Free Sports that began at the Echo Arena in Liverpool that I managed to get myself to. Uh, guys, I know you both managed to see this on on TV, so I thought it was worth bringing up before we go. So me and just about 600 of my uh, close friends all got to sit there in a 10,000-seat arena, uh, which was a really strange experience in itself, the whole place being topped off and you could kind of feel the the, sa- the sounds echoing throughout the the wider arena but we're all yeah kind of tied in into this weird smaller topped off area uh, a lot of free tickets about um you both saw it on tv how did it come across on tv because good god this was uh, quite the spectacle to be at that live
1: it was dark is, what it, is how it came across on TV. Did you spot me at all, JP? Oh, God, the, uh... I was looking, but then I don't know if you came disca- disguised as some tarp <laughs> for that show, because there could have been 10,000 people that were just all dressed in black, oh, hiding behind funny. a curtain.
0: I'll make uh, Colin, who's the uh, the secret producer of this show, uh, he was uh, saying <laughs> that you could probably, at, at any point, there'd be other people coming into the building, um, and they were all sitting in their assigned seats. Meanwhile, there's a 9,400 spare seats going, uh, but it's just there's something very British about that, isn't it? We all sat where we were supposed to sit, we all sat on the hard comb side, and I think the idea was that it would look good on TV, but yeah, it doesn't sound like it did.
1: It was so dark, it looked like one of those awful TNA tapings that they would have, <laughs> and there would just be no one there, so it just like it's just darkness. And the, and the ring was lit. I mean, from a television perspective, I've hmm. seen. A lot worse from various production standpoints. There were a few snafus, but not as many as I, I expected. And I expected the worst. I watched this. Um, it was being streamed on the Yorkshire Evening Post website. Because, um, of course, it was. I'd asked, and um, Shauna, who we all know, she came back and said, it's on the Yorkshire Evening Post. I <coughs> thought, well, that's a bit weird if it's in Liverpool, but I'll go along with that. So I watched it. <laughs> Why watched... was it on the Yorkshire Evening Post website? I have no
2: idea. I've no idea whatsoever. If anyone from the Yorkshire Evening Post is listening, Slim
1: Chance, let us know. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And it was on Twitch as well, on Joe Hendry's Twitch feed. It's so, like okay, um, yeah, exactly. You're both completely buzzing about that little uh, that little statement as well.
0: I think we're quite more likely to have uh, people subscribed to Joe Hendry's Twitch, uh, listeners to this show, than we are from the uh, oh. the Yorkshire Evening Whoa. Post. But you never on know. That- we have a, a wide and dignified uh, group of listeners.
1: I look. I, I I was keeping an eye on the the amount on the view counts for the Yorkshire hmm. Evening Post. It never hit above seventy nine. Doesn't your really? mum live in at Yorkshire? Any, any one time. She wasn't watching. she not? I'd be absolutely stunned if she did. Does she read the Yorkshire
2: Evening Post? She would. does read it, yeah. I wonder if you could ask if there was... She wouldn't be like,
1: She understand the internet, mate. It's 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 a bit slightly lost on Okay, her, as you well know. Um, <laughs> in terms of the, the show itself, like, they did... It was, it was almost like... It, it felt like it had been recorded after the death of the various... Um, was it 1PW? <laughs> um, yeah. It felt like it kind of sc- skipped this entire Brit rest boom. And they're going, it's wrestling. It's on TV again. And it's great. This is going to really liven it up. And it's like, yeah, we know there's there's promotions called Progress and Rev Pro and Fight Club Pro and ICW. And they seem to be doing all right. So it was like existing in this weird netherworld um, when Rampage Brown came out of Moose and goes, he's been on TV in America. Who? Moose or Rampage Brown? Rampage Brown. FCW? That's what they were chanting. Sorry, that's what the the commentators were saying. He was on TV in Florida. Yeah, but that apparently was a big deal on here. (laughs) Um (laughs) I mean, yeah. Moose
0: was a big deal. Moose came; it was the first guy on the show when I. But at least we could tell from the live uh, there that actually had his own music. Everyone else was coming out to a WCW Revenge style, uh, <laughs> same song for everybody over and over again. Moose was by de facto the biggest babyface in the building, just by virtue of having a, a relatively catchy song. On commentary, you've just been described as
1: former NFL player Moose. Oh. That was it. It wasn't like former
0: TNA Grand Champion Moose. <laughs>
2: I don't well, I, I blame mean, them. We exactly.
0: Laugh. We laugh, but I would say from being there live, I and mean, unfortunately a lot of the British guys didn't get much of a response, mm. but the, the people who've been on TNA ATV TV were getting reasonable pops oh, god um, help us all then i don't know what that said i mean i think there is a crossover there it did we've said that about what culture before yeah. there's uh, tna being on the tv on it's spike isn't it over it here is. they're on the channel 5 app and maybe the, 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 the that visibility is still there that their stars are, are, are relatively over at least slight as, tangent.
2: i was in a shopping center in oxford yesterday where i live And uh, in the security bit in the shopping centre by the car park, the TV was on. I was like, that's wrestling. What's that? So I went a bit closer, and they were watching... I saw the Chris brothers on this TV in this security office, like this big, nice, wide screen. Lots of people could see in. Just watching a bit of TNA, watching Bound for Glory, I think it was. I saw <laughs> just in this security office in this massive shopping mall. Very odd. My has got to be one
1: of our listeners. Uh, yeah,
2: you, well, you never. Well, TNA fans, don't think we attract them. <laughs>
1: It was it, uh, Apart from JP. Yeah, apart from that. I, I gave that promo. Well, you guys were, were very much entrenched in, in Ring of Honor. I clearly picked the
0: right choice of following TNA over <laughs> that time period. That, that original Austin Aries run. There's a great article on Voices of Wrestling right now yes. about that original Austin Aries run. That was peak TNA. I did enjoy them then. Oh, yeah, the same.
1: Absolutely. There was... It, 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 do you know what? I mean, in terms of this show, bringing it back onto the five-star show, there are positives from it. I don't think it's got anything to necessarily do with five star and more to do with there are some there are some very good wrestlers that were on the show and there were some interesting elements to it. Um Zach Gibson on commentary, oh, speaking yeah. the truth in the main event. That was good. Did you manage to catch up on that, Benno, what he was
0: I didn't hear the commentary, but he cut the promo, didn't he? So he, he actually he referenced wrong. the fact that they'd given everyone the generic theme music uh, <laughs> yeah. and the pure the disrespect of uh, the Yanks getting their own songs, whereas all the Brits uh, had this uh, ridiculous generic theme. The oh. so Gibson was he was the the, the hero and saviour to the the Liverpool crowd in attendance. I don't know if they were going for a heel reaction, but yeah, he was
1: very much our hero there. That entire promotion has to be based around him. That's <laughs> the only way that this can do anything, have any interest to me in the future. The- him and Jodie Fleisch doing flips. I'll yes. tell you. Oh, that was my
2: favourite bit. That was I
1: didn't see all of this show, but I saw
2: Jodie Fleisch doing flips. My girlfriend was watching this bit with me and I was explaining who Jodie Fleisch was. She had no interest in the fact he was from Walthamstow Stone, was about 38 years old, but hey. Did she
0: not, not recognise him from the King of England tournament on Bravo 15 years ago? <laughs> this was like, it was finally coming to fruition. He was promised 15 years ago he was going to be a TV star. She Here was, we are, five stars delivered. How can you say anything bad about the promotion? She
2: no. was a bit gutted that a VHS of uh, Jody Fleisch and Jody Storm from CZW all those years ago had finally given in but you know here <laughs> well, he was bold a lot more muscle on him but this this I enjoyed because I just
1: like Jody Fleisch I've just a yeah. bit of a got a bit of a soft spot um, for him the I thought the main was shite and I think it doesn't help if you have Ropes that are as tight as a bloody iPhone cable.
0: One um, guy working on ring crew on his own. And, I, um,
1: I, I messaged you during call? it, and you told me one guy on ring crew. What was that backstage? I take it. About? Health and safety is means fuck all squared. Well, he did have he
0: did have the guardrails the wrong way around So yeah, health and safety wasn't oh, the. Uh, Jesus the door
1: <laughs> But I don't know. You thought it was awful because they were having to work on the ground because they couldn't do anything <laughs> off the ropes. What was the Honestly. backstage segment about? Was that
2: Ollie Sandler
1: who opened a... It was Ollie <laughs> Sandler. Like, what, what was that about? He's the only one who came out of that looking looking all right. I was more intrigued by the Ollie Sandler character than I was uh,
0: any <laughs> of the so other Carl, three. Val. Don't forget so oh, MK, yes.
1: Val. <laughs> MK Val. MK <laughs> Val. <laughs> yeah. There was... Uh, that backstage bit, uh, I, not a clue. I... Normally, I'm quite good with accents. I think I don't have a clue what they were saying, what the point of it was. It dragged on too long. It felt like... I don't think Sander had a clue what was going on. No. I felt sorry for him. He held it together. He was doing all right. Um, But, yeah, that was was shocking. There was a point where the commentators were talking and Bram was behind them having a beer, (laughs) staring at the camera. What was he drinking? He was drinking a pint.
0: Of, it was of. a pint. We could we could see from where I was because I was tweeting about it, thinking because I think they tried to do a subtle angle, didn't they? Where he was like, subtle and Bram doesn't quite work for me, no. but yeah, I think he was hanging around behind the comedy I assume that's going somewhere, but yeah, I think he literally. I did see him go to the bar and get that beer. So pint yeah. of wine. He didn't beer have
1: to <laughs> Sorry, we're gonna have to take that beer. Out. <laughs> I could <can> resist. No. <laughs> oh, you're gonna have to do it from the point where you saw him going to get a beer. I think. Nope, leaving that in. Terrible man. Anyway, <laughs> fine by me. Um, outside, I mean, Ray
0: Ray Zach was 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 fine. I thought. I mean, uh, it's hard, isn't it, to, to pull out like the well. Yeah. This match was. I mean, the the Brits, the tag with Josie and Lagero and them, that was fine. It was. Yeah. I mean, I would say my overriding thing that that I came out with was it was fun to be live up for free. But I can't fathom watching three hours of that every week.
2: Yeah, I do. Jesus. I couldn't watch three hours of it myself, and I, I can watch wrestling quite easily, and I can switch my head off to this sort of wrestling usually quite easily. But I was I was having to turn this over at points of it. I couldn't sit through three hours well, of it.
1: I, I, I was watching it. My, my sons came in. They were like, what are you watching? Can you put on the Royal Rumble again so we could finish it off? And I was like, yeah, this is a hard sell for them. And they'd walked in during that backstage bit as well, and I are like, what's this about? And like, I've got no good answer for it at all. Um, it, as a promotion going forward, this is going to die in its arse. Let's be brutally honest about it. Um, it the the, the signs of, are there, aren't they? The but signs are Brample there. One. They're booking but I mean, like, oh, I, I get man. the idea of wanting to be in a proper venue to kind of make yourself look like you're a serious promotion, but... Somewhere slightly smaller with a hotter crowd.
2: It, <laughs> yeah. Like, that You've got the Liverpool Olympia down the road. Yeah. You know, that, that's a
0: nice venue. You could set up a TV in there, I'm sure. I wouldn't say nice but you know it's a venue <laughs> <laughs> no it is it's got a historic uh, it just hasn't been cleaned in 30 years but it's got a, it's definitely got a historic prestige I mean this was kind of something that came out of it though wasn't it it was kind of Nathan Cruz was on Twitter defending the project and he said about the venue that well the, the TV network asked for the arenas and it's like, well hang on this is the third tour uh, this is the third time they've attempted. I know the second one fell apart, but this is the third time they've attempted an arena saw, mm. So I'm not so sure on uh, on who wanted what. It just looks really, really unprofessional, doesn't it? When you're in that big arena, I'd love to know the state. higher just, costs on the arenas as well.
2: Like, what is the higher cost of getting the Echo Arena for an, for a night? And, and like, the, how the how are they making? any money on any of this like what is it that that video game that they claim they were funding on didn't they give the video game away for free in the end
0: yeah I so saw they had like an update came out recently and it was going off for free so we I think that was always the idea wasn't it well we'll make the money back on the video game but no one buys it and apparently who the, the fuck has ever played so. this video game <laughs> Yeah, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, it feels like a, a teenager in his bedroom with delusions of grandeur. And the, the owner himself never comes across well. Whenever, whenever I've seen interviews with him, he had an interview on the Observer site recently with yeah wasn't exactly glowing either um what did you make of the i mean i touched on it then the nathan Cruz stuff he's uh he came out on twitter after the show saying to go out your way to bury every aspect of the show was completely unwarranted and blah 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 if it gets cancelled it's you're going to be taking the money away from the boys and i thought galato dan did a really good job on twitter i say you know i'm a fan i'm here to if i like something i say i like it. if i don't like it, i'll say i won't like it i'm not here to you know. that's not what we're here for is it to, to yeah it, i mean it's great if if the, if the boys are making money i wouldn't begrudge anybody that but it's not like you're going to pretend something's good just because well the money's good it's not a charity is it no
1: and and it's and you've got so much wrestling content out there for your time trying to take up your attention. There's too much out there as it is so mm-hmm. anything else that isn't going to be meeting the standards or what <clears throat> else is out there particularly just within britain alone you know, people are going to be critical, and I think there's—I I, I kind of don't like this. Well, it's disrespectful to the boys' kind of attitude. There, it was kind of disrespectful to the public when they cancelled their t- um, their tour using the bombing at the at the MEN oh, Arena yeah. as an excuse to cancel it. it. That was disrespectful. You know, that is
2: so much worse I think than Booking people being. Bram crit- to some critter. extent is disrespectful as well. Like you're not doing yourself I, I know it's a slight tangent, but you're not I, doing yourself any favours. It's not as if he's some guy that you just have to book because yeah. he's so good, you know. Like we all gave we all forgave stone cold Steve Austin for uh something similar. But he's stone cold.
1: <laughs> this is fucking Bram. Come on. Well there's there's also this other thing as well about like Uh, He should be more bothered about the fact of how much money they're giving to Morrison, Van Damme, Rey Mysterio, Jack Mm. Swagger, Moose, Carlito, Chris Masters. All of whom you could have frankly taken off the show, had people who are based in and around Britain and well known to British wrestling fans and probably get yourself a slightly bigger crowd.
2: I get booking a Mysterio to try and draw a crowd. I get Mysterio. I get maybe one or two of them. But mm-hmm. isn't Rey Mysterio twenty five grand a shot as well? Yeah.
1: Like I mean, you don't That's that more disrespectful than anything else, is is yeah. by spending all of your money on imports. That's where the real problem lies.
0: Not people on Twitter voicing an opinion personally i just think dan hinkles was a big fan of smackdown versus raw 2005 oh jesus he just was he every, every wrestler from that roster uh, on this show that's the only explanation isn't it for the fact that like you say if you're going to be paying for Rey Mysterio, rather than damn why are you playing for carlito and
2: Chris i smashes? can't believe do you remember that elimination chamber i think it might be the one where edge cashes in and wins the title for the first time and they had Carlito and Chris Masters like teaming up to take out Cena throughout the match, and they were like this kind of like t- uh, you know unholy alliance that had come together for the match. I think that was two. Was that two thousand six? Twelve years later, this unholy alliance of Carlito and Chris Masters is so well remembered by various people. <laughs> they were being cheated. Still put together like. Was were they that much cop like Chris Masters. I know everyone raves about when he went away and learned how to work and
0: came back and was really good. God, oh, come on! It's Chris fucking it's like, Masters. I, I would it's all, like in the mm. peak of the attitude here, not it? In 1998, using a couple of wrestlers that were vaguely popular in 1986, yeah. it wouldn't happen. But there's just something about wrestling in the last 20 years where it's kind of slowed down, hasn't it? Tell crawl me about
1: it. I, I would say those guys are relevant. I was glad to see Adam Maxton and Charlie Sterling go go through partly I mean Adam maxted we we saw at OTT and there's someone there there is real potential there there's something there about him in terms of presence and obviously something's going to take time Charlie Sterling ever since he lost the dead weight that is Joel Redmond is now on to something and it, like as a as someone to watch as a character you've seen him kind of grow Particularly because that charisma, and we're talking—if we're talking charisma—black holes and Jesus. Joel Redman is well and truly up there. Um, like, is he still wrestling? Because he's the kind of guy I, hope I thought would turn up. I hope not. He had his chance. He's shit. He's the kind
2: the the guy that I thought would turn up on this sort of show. To be honest with you, maybe. <laughs> Mike Charlie Stuck.
0: Sorry, gone. No, as you say, he's got the look. Even Masters.
1: <sighs> That's all he has. <laughs> um, but seeing seeing char I mean Charlie Sterling is someone hopefully going forward we see in a few more places and OTt seems to done really well. I think he works primarily is it Pro and chaos and some of the Southwest promotions as well um so there are, there were some younger stars there were some some younger guys there who who have real potential and a, you know El Guerra Jody Fleisch in a final against Adam Axon and Charlie Sterling, I think that could be really good. I think the
2: crowd are going to determine how good but that one is as well it. because of the yeah. venues and how how familiar they're going to be with the guys and the rest of it. I think that's the issue. Ah, it's five star. It's redundant. It's going to be over
1: soon. We're just killing time until it dies, and then British <laughs> wrestling can't go on TV again for another eternity. And I think there's always a good conversation no, about. I, I, I wouldn't British agree. With, on TV. I wouldn't agree with that because f-
2: what what's free sports? I had to find free. I knew that it was out there, but I had to find it on my box. I didn't yeah. know where it was. I had to Google the number of the channel on my box and all the rest of it to find out where it was. Like, it's free sport. It's do you not watch your Belgian football on the weekends? <laughs> I love a bit of, love a bit of standard yeah. Um, But at, at the same time, you know, it's a nothing channel. It's not very visible. People don't know about it. I don't think we've got to worry about the chances of another... If, if ITV want to do World of Sport, if they end up doing a, striking a deal with WWE, possibly... Um, I don't think this is going to detract from that at all. I just no. don't think it's visible enough. I don't think it's relevant enough. I don't know. I don't know if um, their viewing figures are trapped by Barb, but I'd be fascinated to see what rating this drew. Um, because I don't know what would the highest rated show on Free Sports be. You know what? I'm going to look that up when I get home, um, <laughs> because I'm fascinated to find out. Because I don't know anyone. Who's ever watched free sports ever? Actually, I do know someone who watched a rugby league match on there once. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I don't think it's going to have any impact on British wrestling potentially sent off TV. What I would say is if there was a British wrestling TV product, I'd like to see it done in a smaller hall live events do not necessarily mean, oh, we must have a big arena. Like, it just sort of sums up the mindset of the people running this company to just assume that at the end of the day. And you can tell there are probably people who think, oh, look at those little indie shows and those little venues. Oh, they're embarrassing, aren't they? No, they're fucking not. Look at the massive empty hall you're running with no one in at the end of the day. That's more embarrassing than a full small haul of 600 people. So I just think there needs to be a bit of a reality check there. And you know what? As soon as this shit's over, as much as it's going <laughs> to suck to not have a payday there for some of the guys. And you know, I do sympathise with someone like a Nathan Cruz. I know he um, didn't have as many dates last year as you may have previously had and i know the wwe thing fell through for him, and the world of sport thing fell through for others like mastiff and rampage who you know deserve a payday at the end of the day i just can't bother with this five-star bollocks
0: <laughs> fair i think mean, that's a fair way to sum it up and like you said they've got 12 more arena shows coming up and yeah we'll get, I guess we'll see how many of those 12 they actually do i did uh three tops uh, <laughs> I think we we're yeah. I think that's what we on the uh, the best of show. We all had a guess, and yeah, my guess was three. Uh, I guess we'll see as we go. Uh, just as a trivia note, while we were talking, then I had a quick look on uh, on the uh, the barb.co.uk website, and uh, <laughs> I looked uh, the free sports ratings for last week, and I got no data for this period. So wow. it's <laughs> such a low channel. Apparently, barb wow. doesn't care either. What are you going to do? <laughs> right, that pretty much uh, wraps us up then. We're going to be back next week, where we're going to be talking a big northwest weekend uh, uh, Tetsujin suit style uh, PCW and their road to glory tournament, and progress in Manchester all three of us are going to be live at those three shows mm. so we'll be Thank back with uh, a recap of our experience there and going to be taking you two guys to the crazy house in Liverpool so Get if you in. make it out of that alive we'll, uh, we'll be back with the show next week uh, in the meantime uh, where can people find you on Twitter?
2: Uh, You can find me at Lemsip4Ps. Can't wait for PCW, by the way. (laughs) Matt Riddle in Preston. Bring it on. Well up for that. Uh,
0: JPJP3Es. And you can find me on Twitter at BensonRichardy. And we'll catch you again next week. Goodbye. Bye. Okay, cool. Okay, can't okay, well, uh, get music in my head. All oh, eyes on
2: me, all oh, eyes on me.
1: <laughs> leave that in. That's the bit <laughs> you leave
0: in.
2: Hey, it's Jilly. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll count us in. You ready? Yep.